My name is Sean. We're all eating donuts. And <laughs> my name is Keith. I'm a bitch. I fucking had to go to work. I gotta go to work. A real classless movie. Yeah, real Keith's no, part. No class. What a slime ball. What a scumbag. Piece of shit. <laughs> we take all that back. Sorry. Don't, no, we apologize. Don't kill us. But yeah, this week's movie is uh, 2013's World War Z, directed by Mark Forster, starring Brad Pitt, Mariel Enos, Danielle Kurtzes, Vanna <laughs> Mokoena, James Badge Dale, David Morris. Woody Boken, Sterling Jurens, and Abigail Hargrove. Hey, somebody with a normal name at the end. <laughs> World War Z is a 2013 American zombie disaster action movie loosely based on the book of the same name by Max Brooks. World War Z gets a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience score 3.7 out of 5. Gets a 7 out of 10 on IMDb and a 2.61 out of 5 on Radio Music. How about a plot synopsis? Oh, yeah. Life reformer United Nations investigator Jerry Lane and his family seems content. Suddenly Suddenly, the world is plagued by mysterious infection, turning whole human populations into rampaging, mindless zombies. After barely escaping the chaos, Lane is... I didn't know his last name was Lane. Yeah. <laughs> That's really weird. Lane is persuaded to go on a mission to investigate this disease. What follows is a perilous trek around the world where Lane must brave horrific dangers and long odds to find answers before human symbolization fails. If he's related to Nathan Lane, that'd be cool. That'd be pretty sweet. What's your history with this movie, if you have one? I read the book. I read The Survival Guide by Max Brooks, and I read the World War Z book. I liked them. They were pretty good books, pretty funny. I heard this movie was in development, I was pretty excited, and then I started seeing, like, screenshots, and heard that it was in hell for most of its production, so... Yeah, there was I decided to avoid it, yeah, and just reread the book, and I found the audiobook. That's really cool. It's got a yeah. full cast voicing everybody, and it's like a radio drama, and I recommend that. I have definitely been meaning to check that out. My history with this movie, I had none. I... <laughs> saw the trailer, I thought it looked stupid. I remember hearing about how cool the book was. I haven't read the book either, for the record. I have read large portions of Max Brooks's other book, The Zombie Survival Guide, and I liked that a lot. I liked the writing style. I thought it was cool. But I just remember seeing the trailer and, you know, oh... Oh, they oh, did that no. with it. I remember being slightly disappointed, but not surprised at all. That like that it looks like they diverge from the book a lot. I guess we'll just see if that's the case. But yeah, I don't really have much of a history. My first time seeing it at all. So yeah, what's uh, discuss the actors one by one. See, I thought they did. I'm dreading this. Okay, so star of the show, a number one, Brad Pitt, five out of five, right? He Oscar blew me away two. in this movie. He fucking blew my hair back. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I couldn't he breathe. Was terrible in this. <laughs> no, he was god-awful. Yeah. He fucking sucked this 
whole movie. Um, he had no emotional range. Yeah, he was just dead. He was basically a zombie in this movie. He was tired, mm. just sleepwalking through the whole thing. It was not the worst performance in this movie, by the way. I don't think. Yeah. I'll, I'll get to who I thought was worse. But it was terrible. And I know this guy can act. He was excellent in Fight Club. He was fucking hilarious in Burn After Reading. I don't know if I've really seen that many Brad Pitt movies. Those are the two that jumped to mind. I know I've seen more, actually. Yeah, you, you pointed out. I've seen Seven. I liked him in that movie. I mean, I guess he's working under better directors, you know, whether it's David Fincher or the Coen brothers, I mean, compared to Mark Forster, maybe a yeah. little bit better. Well, the history might reveal something about what's going on, maybe. Yeah, it reveals a, little, a few things. Yeah, just through production, maybe he, he's tired. He had no range in this movie at all. Nope. He had no emotional range. Um, I mean, he's living through just a nightmare scenario. I mean, this is maybe a bigger catastrophe than World War II. This is like the worst thing that's ever happened to humanity, ever. Mm-hmm. And he just, you know, he's cool, calm, and collected the whole time. It's totally unrealistic. I don't buy his bond with his family, like with his wife and his kids. That acting, that part of the acting is not convincing to me. None of it's convincing. He's totally passionless and colorless and just yeah. bland. And it makes for a dull movie, too. Yeah. When just like nobody gives a shit. Like there's craziness going on. People are biting other people's brains out of their head and just yeah. like nobody cares. Some of the extras Acting are stuff. doing a pretty damn good job and upstaging fucking. Yeah, yeah the extras were better. It's crazy. It's kind of sad. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if we have a lead that we don't give a shit about, we're not going to give a shit about the movie. I don't want to get too into my review. Brad Pitt, anything else you're going to say? Nah, he's just boring, and it makes makes the movie pretty much boring when you watch a boring dude. That's pretty much it. So then we have, I think I'm saying this right, Morel Enos, who played Karen, Jerry Lane's wife. Okay. <laughs> I have no idea. What is there to talk about her character? Nothing. Okay. Nothing. She is. She was the worst actor in this movie. Bar none. I don't remember she anything. She was terrible. I felt just the life being sucked out of my body every time she was on the screen. Oh. It was a miserable experience watching her act. I've ne- I don't know if I've ever seen her in anything else. Oh, Maybe she's man. not usually this bad, but she was really, really awful, I thought. Just, just awful. <laughs> I didn't notice it as badly as you did. I yeah. don't know. She she, oh she didn't even have a facial expression. Like Brad Pitt has this almost comical look of confusion that comes across his face at certain points. Her face almost never changed in any perceptible way. Nope. To yeah, me anyway. it was pretty much the straight face the whole time. She was also really calm, too. Everybody mm. was just really low-key. It was just like an inconvenience to their morning routine, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, it's an inconvenient truth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> should have got Al Gore in it. It'd be much yeah, better. He should have fought the zombies. That would have been awesome. <laughs> Holy shit. I'd pay to see that. So up next... We have Daniela Curtis or something. The she, Curtises? Yeah, the Curtises. I'm Bill, <laughs> Bill, I'm Bill Curtis. Uh, but yeah, with Daniela Curtis, she played the, I forget her name. You only you don't know if it's her first name or last name. Yeah, Sagan, uh, the female Israeli soldier. Oh, was she the one? The bald-headed one who got her okay. forearm hacked off. Yeah, I was going to say spoiler alert. She gets her arm cut off. But it was good. She was actually emoting something. She was reacting to situations around her. She wasn't great, but she was much better than fucking Brad Pitt for whatever reason. Yeah. Like, what is the deal? She was trying. She was yeah. trying in this movie, which we can't say that about very many of these actors. Yeah. I thought she was pretty good. Yeah, she was pretty convincing as, you know, as a badass Israeli soldier who's, you know, I believe her being able to, like, she keeps her head pretty well, but she looks concerned. She looks like she's in these intense situations and she looks the way I would expect a person to look, like she's reacting to things happening. Yeah. She's actually reacting to 
things that are happening. Imagine and, that. And uh, she conveys the pain of, yeah, getting her arm cut off and having, like, the fucking Sambuca poured out on it. And, like, I really believe that she is in extreme pain in those scenes. Like, yeah. she's, she sells it for me. It's great. I think that maybe this would have been a better movie if she was our main character. Yeah, we could have this new breakout. Pretty interesting. Actor with yeah. her and maybe do something different. But, that would have been cool. Uh, somebody was actually going to give a shit. So next up we have, I think it's Fauna Mokoena. He played Terry. Remember, because it rhymed with Jerry. Terry and Jerry. Yeah, Terry Ice and Jerry. Tag team in it. He played the Nigerian assistant secretary of the UN, who is like an old buddy of Jerry's in this movie. I think he phoned it in, too. I think his accent really added a lot to it that made him seem more interesting, but yeah, he was still just as boring. Yeah, I think his accent added a level of gravitas <laughs> to his performance, but I thought he was okay. He didn't really have a whole lot to do, but yeah, he seemed another character, like their third out of four, that just seemed pretty mellow throughout the whole thing, even as he's explaining, yeah, like the de- level of devastation around the world. Yeah, he was okay. So next up we have James Badge Dale. That's a name. Hmm. But yeah, he played... Sounds like a movie I, in itself. Yeah, James Badge Dale in the Old West. <laughs> but he played the guy, or maybe, no, he was one of the troops in South Korea. He got like the most lines out of all of them. I don't know if that helps, but I think he was the guy who oh, like... Oh, beard, baseball cap? Didn't get bit. They were saying like, oh yeah, this is a lucky bastard that didn't get bit because he had like a messed up leg. I think it was that dude. <sighs> And yeah, he's the guy with the beard in the baseball. And, okay. Game, that guy. That's how I identified that dude. Was yeah. <laughs> all, it seems like all the side characters were much better than the starring characters or the lead characters. Well, Brad Pitt doesn't really have to try anymore. He's like Robert De Niro. Yeah. I would compare him to like this point in De Niro's career where he's in like all these shit movies and doesn't even really seem to be acting very effectively. And just, yeah. Because he's probably more money than God, so he can just do whatever he wants. But do you gotta just make like a normal family movie then if you just kind of want to phone it in? I mean, you'll make money. People will go see a Brad Pitt movie. But yeah, he was good. There's a funny bit in North Korea that I really like oh, towards yeah. the end when they board that plane. But yeah, he was good. He was about probably the same level as the other woman. Forget her name. Daniela Kurtz. It's, I think she was a little bit better. Yeah, she personally. was. He was decent, though. He did his job pretty well. He seemed like how a real soldier would act. Not a lot to say about him, really. Yeah, yeah. after him, we have the lone shining star of this movie, David Morris, who played the imprisoned CIA guy mm. who was pulling all of his teeth out. He was cool. Yeah, he was probably the best actor in this movie. His I think so. Weird story about the North Koreans pulling out teeth so nobody can infect anybody by biting them. Yeah. It was really good. It was really gripping. The way he he sells it, the way he tells mm-hmm. it is what makes it. I'll just say that his scenes, maybe it was just one scene, definitely one of the highlights of the movie, if not the highlight of yep. the movie. I really like this guy. He has a fairly big part on, it's off the air now, but on the David Simon show, Treme. He plays a police captain in New Orleans. And I've seen him in other things. I've seen him in the Green Mile. This guy, he's not exactly a household name, but he's he always brings a strong performance, and I really like this movie. Like, his story is, like, it really was creepy, and he really mm-hmm. plays this guy who's, like, a little bit deranged really well. He was cool. Yeah, it was good. And then we have uh, Ludi Boken, I think that's how you say it, but he played, I forget his name in the movie, but he was the head of uh, Mossad in Israel, the head of their, you know, equivalent of, like, the CIA. I feel like I barely remember this guy, because once they get there into Israel, it's, like, relatively quick like some there's some dialogue and then there's zombies yeah it's not it's not a real big part but i guess he plays sort of an important role yeah yeah, he explains why israel was so ready and that was kind of interesting i thought he was okay i I thought he was decent he did his job just explaining what he had to explain and then get eaten by zombies or whatever the hell happens yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> Second last but not least, we have Sterling Jurens, who played... What a name. <laughs> um, who played the younger of the two daughters. Oh, she was... What was her name? There was Rachel and... Is it like Abby or some shit? That Something sounds like, like that. a name that would be in there. Probably, yeah. Let's go with that. Yeah, why not? She was, uh, my blanket! Ah, oh, my blanket! Oh, yeah, she her, was right? flipping out in the car and acting like a dumbass. I want my blanket! And, yeah, she was the one who survives unscathed in this ridiculous car accident, even though she has no seatbelt on, so I guess she's immortal. So that's yeah. cool. She is the one Highlander. The kids were still better than the lead. They so. kind of lumped them in together. The, yeah. the older daughter was played by Abigail Hargrove. They're pretty much the same character. Just one has is an asthmatic, and that's her defining characteristic. That's her as a person right there. Very much. That's all <laughs> she really gets. And the younger one, I don't even fucking know. She was attached to her blanket. That's all I really remember. But they do react to situations. They scream, they cry, they freak out. And they're a little, they emote more than a lot of the other characters, which is, I guess, expected because they're kids. But even adults, you would expect a mm, little more a little something. Bit something. Yeah, that wraps that up. Here's the brief history of World War Z. Uh, Max Brooks's novel, World War Z, an oral history of the zombie war was first published in 2006. The following year, Brad Pitt's Plan B, B stand for Brad, Entertainment secured the <laughs> film rights after outbidding Leonardo DiCaprio's Appian Way production company. Say that five times fast. Max Brooks stated he had zero control over the production. Brad Pitt explained his interest in the property by saying, this whole thing started because I just wanted to do a film that my boys could see before they turned 18. <laughs> That's one a proud with, papa. One that they would like anyways, and they love a zombie. Oh my god. In 2008, <laughs> director Mark Forster compared the upcoming film to 70s political thriller All the President's Men, while screenwriter and creator of the science fiction TV series Babylon 5, J. Michael Straczynski, thought the 2002 film, The Born Identity, was a more apt comparison. Hmm. In March of 2008, an early draft of the script leaked onto the internet, drawing comparisons to the 2006 film Children of Men, with Ain't It Cool News speculating whether the finished product might garner an Oscar nomination for Best Picture. Whoa. In July 2009... It was revealed that the script was being rewritten by Matthew Michael Carnahan, known for his work on such films as Smoke and Aces and The A-Team. Pre-production did not begin until April 2011. Several changes to the film were made in post-production in order to water down its political tone and to avoid offending foreign audiences, such as a 12-minute battle scene in Moscow being removed, along with a reference to the virus originating in mainland China being cut. A sequel is scheduled for release June 9th, 2017. Oh Aren't boy. you excited? I can't wait. I'm, I'm fucking shitting my pants thrilled. I'm going to start camping out right now. You might as well. I mean, that shit's going to sell the fuck out. Like, Indeed. World War Z was made with a budget of 190 90 million dollars, despite being initially budgeted at just 125 million dollars. World War Z was released on June 21st, 2013, and grossed how much worldwide? Hmm. Let's see, guess. Oh man, oh, that's tough. I mean, that was kind of the height of zombie craze, right? 250,000 is my guess. Is that too high? Since you're the only one guessing, you are the closest without going over, so I guess Woo! you do win. Yeah! So we did it. I would like to thank the internet Come on for listening to this and witnessing my achievement. Made $540 million Holy worldwide. fuck! Including 66400000 in its opening weekend. World War Z is the highest grossing zombie film to date. What? 
Oh, man. Well, think about it. I mean, there's a lot of other great ones, but none of them were like that Mondo yeah. box office. By the way, it actually only made credit to the American people. It only made a couple hundred million domestic. Uh, the rest of it was foreign. So if just damn. domestic, it barely broke even. It did, did well. Th- well, it did well here. Yeah. Really well. But it also did really well in other countries. That's crazy. Well, all right. Good for them. Yeah. Way to go, bro. You did it. Way to go, B. Way to go, Plan B Studios. <laughs> you fucking nailed it. So a little bit about the director. German director Mark Forster is also known for his work on Monster's Ball, Finding Neverland, Stay, Stranger Than Fiction, The Kite Runner, Quantum of Solace, and Machine Gun Breacher. Wow, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it does Machine Gun Breacher. I don't know what it's about, but it sounds pretty neat. The only one of these I've seen is The Kite Runner, which I thought was alright. Probably better than this movie, but not that much better. I haven't seen any of them. I heard Quantum of Solace was kind of a snickeroo, though. Like, yeah. out of all the, the new guy James Bond movies, it's supposed to be, like, the shittiest. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Let's get into it. So it starts out with, like, a shit ton of just studios and hands that were involved yeah, in this I project. Yeah, I noticed that. It, so didn't, it felt like a long time. I looked at the timer. It was like either a minute 20 or a minute 40 of just production company screens and stuff. I took a note of a uh, Plan B studio. Maybe this movie should have been aborted. Only planned filmmaking had any funding. Get rid of this they shit. could get those film control morning after pills. <laughs> yeah. Film control. <laughs> just <laughs> a cigarette to the cell- celluloid. Just fuck it. <laughs> Burn it up. I wouldn't really call this a horror movie. I don't know about you. Uh, I didn't feel like one to me. I mean, I guess traditionally it's classified because it's monsters. It's not very scary. It's not very thrilling. It's not exciting. It's just... It feels like it's supposed to be thrilling. I don't yeah. know if it succeeds at it, but it doesn't really feel like it's trying to be scary. More trying to build suspense. Yeah, but it sounds like they wanted to play it safe. Like, Brad wanted to make something for his kids, which, however old they are. Um, My boy. Yeah, my my baby boys. My baby boys only watch the softest of horror movies. (laughs) And yeah, maybe the studios wanted to play it safe too. Like it sounded like they didn't really want to offend anyone. Maybe that was one of the yeah. The political tone at least was was played way down, which sucks because that's a really good opening to the book. Yeah, it sounds like that's what a lot of what makes the book interesting. Yeah, it didn't really feel like a horror movie. That's for damn sure. Yeah, the one like little bit of a horror cliche we get at the beginning is there's these sounds. It kind of sounds like that. You know, the kind of like heartbeat, scary thing. You hear that in the very beginning. Yeah, you see, I thought it was Shots of L.A. I'll be proven wrong later on. um, I just assumed L.A. Because it's just everything's in fucking L.A. But yeah, I mean, no offense to L.A. I'm sorry. No, I'm a little bit sick of looking at it, too. (laughs) I I don't know if there needs to be that many movies that take place there. But but you know. But we get news audio with underneath some images of bugs and birds and people walking around. Yeah, we get this whole kind of financial data. Media monitor. Yeah, which, if Keith was here, he might bring up the hive mentality that the zombies display maybe later on. Oh, yeah, because you see maybe yeah. some foreshadowing. Which I think maybe they're trying to go for, like, some sort of group motif or something like that. Yeah. It's a like, group of bugs, group of peoples, packs of wolves and shit. I can see that. Stranded group of dolphins. <laughs> but yeah, it cuts back and forth between these sort of serious news reports about the decline in honeybees and dolphins washing themselves ashore and, like, the allusions to global warming, and then it cuts back to like silly kind of stupid news like uh they see joan rivers complimenting someone's socks at one point oh yeah that's right <laughs> so you see like all the junk tv interspersed with all the kind of scary things that are happening or we hear in the news audio that the mm-hmm. un does not recommend traveling in the news clips i guess people walking around with paper hygiene masks was this maybe like a pollution thing or like a different disease or are we seeing the beginnings of this virus spreading yeah it's kind of ambiguous yeah i think it's all supposed to be for 
knowing whether we're actually seeing it. Kind of more interesting if you think about it that way. This whole sequence, it reminded me, and I'm not comparing it favorably, to a lot of stuff in the early parts of Shaun of the Dead. Yep. Where they did the, kind of the same idea, but much more gracefully, I guess. Where just flipping through the channels, he would see strange things. Just yeah, you got your sports, the news... More news. Some Trisha. More news. It's just uh, news. Weird news reports are all over the TV. Yeah. He sees this whacked out guy like attacking a pigeon and people aren't acting right. Flying through the channels later on. Panic in the streets of yeah, this, like Yeah, all these Tearing things. each other alive. <laughs> yeah, all these things put together. Pretty good. I thought of um 28 Days Later also, which I think is a better movie, but... I agree. The beginning of that is a bunch of violent news images. Not that these were all violent. Yeah, not watching that. So. Yeah, we see an ambulance, yeah. a hazmat team in the footage. National Geographic violent footage is that that's all we see from that point on. Well, I think we know Brad Pitt is a pretty left-leaning dude, and yeah, that's what it felt like. Not that I really have an issue with this, but it felt like there was any kind of political message in this. It felt like in this this uh, montage there was kind of like an environmental message, kind of being shoehorned in with some of the things they talk about. Yeah, which maybe they cut down on that a little bit. Maybe this part makes me think of the Dawn of the Dead remake, and this might happen a oh, lot yeah. in this episode. Is a bunch of different zombie movie references. Yeah, it's inevitable. It's just, can't help but thinking of better ones. But yeah, the Dawn of the Dead remake, the lighting is really orange in the bedroom. We see a hand come out mm. of frame, into frame, and open a door really slowly. Turns out it's their kids waking up mommy and, and daddy. And not to backtrack, talk about this montage too much, oh. but doesn't that movie, 2004 Dawn of the Dead, isn't there some kind of weird montage with like that Johnny Cash song playing and it's like bad things happening with oh, that song? You're probably right. Comes around. That's one I should go back to. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, it's seems to be a lot of things that zombie movies just Motifs, do. Yeah. Just like falling into all that stuff. Cliche at this point, maybe? Maybe by 2013. Yeah. yeah. So the kids wake him up and the lighting's really like orangey like that movie. And in that movie, there was like a little girl zombie that infects the dad. Yeah, run, comes into gonna, the bedroom. Yeah, awesome. She has to run. So cool. That was cool. Kids want pancakes jumping around. Pancakes, pancakes, pancakes. We want fucking pancakes, yeah, daddy. Yeah, it's like it's on the level of that kid freaking out the rocking horse. Oh, yeah. Go back a few episodes. <laughs> yeah. If only a kid could eat pancakes on a rocking horse. Like, hey, that's my dream complete. to this day. Yeah, that'd be pretty bitchin'. They just don't make adult-sized rocking horses. Well, Maybe they do. Make our own. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> it's a multi-million dollar idea. You yeah. know what? We're going to copyright this right now. <laughs> yeah, this is copyright 2016. Man-sized rock horse. What? <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, I thought this family just seemed really boring. I mean, it's just like first few seconds. So, I mean, we find out that there's an upcoming birthday and one of the, the younger sister tells the older one, like, ask for a puppy. Fucking be sweet. You know, she, I don't know if she actually wants one. But we find out, like, there's an upcoming birthday. Like, they're really trying to set up some things that, like, make you care about these people a little bit. Another daughter, I think it's Rachel, the older one. She's asthmatic, we find out. Yeah, there's some um, first mention of her having an inhaler, I think. Yeah, the, the mother asks like did you bring your do you remember your inhaler or something dad makes the food some news footage someone's ordering martial law yeah and one of the kids like daddy what does martial law mean yeah and how does he explain it he's like it's like house rules but for everybody it's pretty sweet yeah <laughs> pretty cool bro it's, uh there's some talk about brad pitt missing his old job ask him like do you ever miss doing the un business you were doing and he's like nope i like my new job and his one daughter's like but all you do is make pancakes and he's like but i like 
making pancakes, baby. But I'm really good at it. Basically, we see some, I guess, a house husband now. Which is yeah, cool. Stay home, Papa. I don't really see a whole lot of that. It's different. Uh, I took a note that the breakfast table is cluttered. Does Brad Pitt not clean as he cooks? Yeah. Sloppy, brah. Just tell him to fucking rinse it off, you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't yeah. he say something like, like, hey, man. Why don't you rinse your plates? And they just walk off. Fuck you, daddy. Yeah, they're like, I'll screw you. You're a bitch. You're a fucking loser. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to a traffic jam. It's a major traffic jam in yeah. Philadelphia, we find out. I feel yeah. like a jackass. In that last scene, too, it's established that he used to work for the UN or something like that. But yeah, they're stuck in traffic in Philly. What are they doing to pass the time? Yeah, 20, uh, 20 questions, I think, yeah. is what you would call it. Nice thing for a family to do in a traffic jam. Yeah. Shows them that they're kind of tight and they get along. And unlike my dad, he does not freak the fuck out when he gets stuck in the city. <laughs> Keeps it even-tempered, which he does throughout the whole movie despite everything yeah he's got a, a good supply of herb yeah he's got some green in the glove box maybe <laughs> yeah and this was actually shot in glasgow and as somebody who's been to philadelphia although briefly i really believe this was philly this looks a lot like broad street downtown philly mm. they, they're playing 20 questions and there's i guess the answer was a cat wasn't Spoiler alert. brad pitt like just super nasty with his description or uh, whatever. Yeah, there's like, one crazy like, details is it raised in a pen and harvested for food yeah and they're like ew go Gross, Dad. That's sick. And then his wife's like, "Fucking do it! What the hell?" Sick little monkey. And don't like helicopters fly by. Yeah, they notice that there's a lot of helicopters, and the news on the radio sounds like bad news. It seems like maybe it was a reference to the book, just doing it in like a really economic way. Mm-hmm. All you hear is like a health organization tracking the outbreak of rabies. Oh yeah, it's a rabies that thing. began in Taiwan. Twelve countries are responding to allegations that he, whoever he is, has not done enough to prevent the spread. And then after that, Pitt and his wife talk over it. Yeah, I almost wonder if he was the guy that we see as Brad Pitt's boss, the Nigerian guy. I wonder if he's the one who <laughs> fucked this up in the first Maybe. place. Maybe. That would be pretty funny. That would be kind of funny. Yeah, there's also there's a weird detail in this that seemed unnecessary. Uh, basically, that their mom used to be British. And it's like, you're not British. You don't have any accent, except after a couple glasses of wine or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, Well, I know that your accent comes out after uh, a few glasses of wine. That's true. It gets a little bit more mainstream. In here, yeah. that's um, true, but yeah, well, I think we all do. Probably. Yeah, everything gets exaggerated. Yeah, it's. I thought it was weird because it just it's this detail that they throw in that never comes up. The kids ask like, "Are we British?" And it's like, and she's like, "Yeah, your grandma's British." And it's like, okay, like who cares? He looks pretty British. He's pretty damn pale. It's kind of odd. That is kind of like a didn't, frivolous thing. Didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. I just wonder why. I fucking hate Brits. <laughs> fucking limey scumbags. Fucking douchebags. Unless they listen to our show, then they're awesome. Then they're fucking cool. That's their only way to be redeemed. Yeah. <laughs> Our good graces. Yeah. Um, doesn't a cop just fly by on his little bikey do thing? Yeah, there? and he by. knocks off the driver's side rearview mirror of their car. And they're not even upset or surprised that that ha- it's a loud sound because it's like just another horror cliche. I guess it's like a quiet scene, then a big sudden so- sound. Something to startle you. Kind yeah. Of jump scare. They don't care. They're like, oh shit, that sucks. He bro. seems mildly inconvenienced. I guess this guy probably just has damn good insurance or something. We see this other guy get out of his car. He's like, you all right, man? And he's like, yeah. I'm okay. I'm, what the hell? Yeah, it's like, what's going on? It's like, it's dude, like, I don't know. It's he's like, you need anything? And he's like, no, I'm, I'm good. Isn't there a big explosion? Yeah, I wrote random explosion number one. It's like playing Smash Brothers. That happens a lot in this Philly sequence. Like, zombies seem to somehow be really good at making things explode. Well, that's us. Uh, I remember something you talked about years ago, talking about, like, why is everything always blowing up in a zombie movie? And why yeah. is everything always on fire? Yeah, I've, I've, like, that's something I thought about in other zombie movies. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. Unless somebody was 
was like just shooting so many bullets at these things as they just inevitably <laughs> hit a propane tank eventually. I, mean, I don't know. 28 days later, they explain it a little bit. At the very beginning, they use uh, Molotov cocktails to take out a group of them. So I that, don't think that was happening in this movie, though. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Another better zombie movie like Shaun of the Dead. I don't think that happens once. I don't think nothing blows up in that movie. Um, the, does it? They light the bar on okay, fire, and the bullets kind of explode a little bit. They just go off. And you see, that counts, yeah, but you're shown the only time it happens in that whole movie, you were shown explicitly why, and yeah. it's not an explosion either. It's a fire uh, so, that they set. Yeah, you're right. I don't think anything blows up. Maybe they're fucking attitude. I can't think of it. Maybe I'm forgetting it, but Romero movies either. Nope. I don't remember that in Dawn of the Dead or Night of the Living Dead or Day of the Dead or even Land of the Dead. I don't think. I think maybe the Dawn of the Dead remake was one with some random explosions. It happens sometimes, and it makes me wonder. Yeah, it's weird, right? I guess it's just because people like explosions, so they just put it in there to create the sense of Exciting. something very threatening happening. There's an explosion, and then they're like, he gets back into his car, and mm-hmm. then a cop comes by, and he's like, get back in your vehicle, buckle up, there's nothing to see here. He gets flattened like a fucking pancake <laughs> by a big rig. So funny, I Big thought. motherfucking rig! Over the road racing. No That's blood. Garbage truck, I think. There's no blood. There's almost no blood in this entire movie, by the way. This is PG-13. This was made safe and bloodless so that Brad Pitt's children could watch it. The whole world saw this movie that way, so two or three of his Brad's boys could see a movie that they liked. That's why this movie is the way it is, which is kind of silly to think about. Some of the zombies, I think some of them have some blood. They get some, a little uh, bit of splatter. Yeah, there. we never see blood from like a still living person. We see some yeah. blood splatter from zombies as they're being bludgeoned. That's what it is. So yeah, the truck's just fucking plowing through traffic. Yeah, like Saints of, Row just pushing cars off the road. It's like Moses parting the Red Sea through downtown Philadelphia. And I like that Brad Pitt, he unquestioningly just follows the path of this truck. We're shown that he's that quick of a thinker that he's just like, well, there's probably a damn good reason they're going that way in such a hurry and I'm just going to follow, I guess, this is yeah. the process. But it turns out that the zombie is a twitchy zombie. I think that's why it was just going because it was just a zombie in there. And that makes me think of Resident Evil 2. That's how that game opens up. Is like you play as either Leon or Claire. Claire rolls into Raccoon City on her motorcycle. Leon's first day on the police force. They meet up with each other in a bar. There's some zombie action. They get into the cop car. They're driving away. They're like, so what's going on? I don't know. What the hell? And there's like, just open up the glove compartment. Take that gun. You know how to use it? We'll figure it out and shit like that. There's like a big Mack truck. A big motherfucking rig coming down the road. And they're like, oh shit. And they both jump out of the vehicle and they're separated by a giant explosion. And it just makes me think of all these other better zombie things. Yeah, even, even video games. Yep. Yeah. He's cruising right down that street. You know, he's like at like 60, 70 miles an hour probably through the yeah. middle of the city. It's about to go back to the past. He's going so fast. Yeah, it's going 88 miles an hour. <laughs> and it's like, that's one way to avoid these zombies. Just go yep. back to 1985. Fuck it. It's at this point where the younger daughter, Sterling Jerkins or whatever, <laughs> starts uh, freaking out about how she I want my blanket! My blanket! And this dumb yeah. fuck kid unbuckles her seatbelt and like just curls up onto a, into a ball on the floor of the car and continues screaming about her fucking blanket. They're like, dude, you gotta buckle up. This is fucking dangerous. What are you doing? And then he's trying to get her back into her seat. Yeah. He's really calm. He's so mellow. Right yeah, now. like, is uh, some 
insane disaster. His daughter's acting like an idiot, and he's just like, "You gotta get back in your seat." He's not stressed Do out it. at all. It's yeah, weird. he's cool. He's cool, calm, collect, and everything that happens. <laughs> Don't they get into like a crazy car crash? Like yeah, while he's trying do. to get her up. I, there's a fucking frail little like six-year-old girl curled up on the ball on the floor of the car. They practically bounce off one car and then right into another. Yeah. No one has a scratch on them, it's including weird. the kid with no belt on. Fucked up. It's that kind of a movie, folks. I guess. Yeah. Get, get prepared. Uh, military presence shows up and zombies start to show up around this point. And yeah, we have that annoying like ear ringing sound that they oh, do like in Call yeah, of Duty and shit after you almost get thing, blown up yeah. after like a flashbang. Yeah. The first zombie shows up around this time and to this movie's credit, it was only eight and a half minutes in. It's cool. We get to the zombies pretty quickly. Yeah, none of this yet's that bad. Waiting half an hour <laughs> yeah, to an hour. Half the movie. Waiting for this shit. And yeah, total chaos breaks loose at this point. Zombies are all over the place. A zombie breaks a windshield with his head, which I thought was interesting. Interesting. Doesn't really die, but I guess the skull's pretty hard. What did you think of these zombies? Like the way they looked, the way they sounded, the way they acted. What do you think of them in general? I, know I personally like my zombies when they're like rotting corpses, when mm-hmm. they're dripping and ooey and gooey, and there's like yeah. muscles exposed and you know they're missing arms and stuff. They seem pretty intact. They seemed like the 28 Days Later zombies. Well, the thing but with these pale. zombies is they haven't been zombies for very long. That's right. Looking at Romero movies, if you follow it chronologically, it's not until day when they're all, like, rotting and falling apart. Well, at night they kind of are. That movie was had a different kind of background to it, I think, what the zombification process. It was yeah. like a radioactive satellite fell to Earth where they weren't infected by other zombies. It was just the recently deceased came back to life because of the radiation and yeah. started beating on people. Day of the Dead, they are all messed up. Yeah, they're fucked. Game. Like, that whole opening is so cool. Yeah, probably Land of the Dead, too. The zombies... Are really fast and they twitch a lot they're like uh, you said J-horror yeah the way they move is kind of like some J-horror crap one guy as the family's trying to escape what do they get into an RV as they're getting into that yeah they find a Winnebago Brad Pitt watches a man get bitten and then become affected as one of the daughters like teddy bear goes off starts counting to 12 yeah it's really corny the way they do it it's like let's count together one yeah which I guess is like that's supposed to be scary like it was it felt like another like corny horror cliche yeah. of you know the creepy kid stuff. But that is important. The countdown does come back later. But what I thought of the zombies, I hated them. These were the worst movie yeah. zombies I think I've ever seen. And this can be done right, but yeah, overall I prefer the slower zombies over the faster mm-hmm. ones. I mean, Twenty Days Later was was an excellent movie. The Dawn of the Dead remake was pretty good too. But oh. generally, I like the slower ones more. I think that's a more interesting dynamic of it's this kind of terrifying thing that creeps towards you slowly mm-hmm. kind of like that movie it follows it's almost just like having one zombie after that. you forever that you can't kill they're a lot like left for dead zombies you remember yeah. that game uh yeah yeah they looked like it and they're really fast strong and i don't like the way they move i don't like the way they sound they just make this really annoying high-pitched screech noise mm-hmm. it's really the only vocalization and which i like my gurgling zombies thank you very much there's a lot of yeah. I like those zombies. Definitely. I thought the screech that they made reminded me of the demon Nanatu from the Nanaganan episode of The Mighty Boosh, which was also better than this movie. <laughs> and yeah, that was a great episode. And it's like this demon that's just like, just looks like a 70 year old uh, nice lady. When she does make a sound, that's it sounds like these zombies. So yeah, that was a big, I guess, strike for me against this movie is the zombies themselves. You mentioned something already. Like, well, they can use their body as a tool. I don't know if they can use tools. Oh, yeah. Being 
intelligent enough to like understand what glass is. Oh, I'm just gonna use my head to break the glass and get through. I don't remember if if she tries to punch the glass first or just claw at it. But yeah, I feel like in other zombie movies, they just kind of like claw at it. And eventually, with enough weight pressed against it, it just breaks. They seem a little too smart. I thought in other zombie movies, it seems more balanced. I guess the competition between human and zombie. In this one, the zombies are very overpowered. Maybe the most overpowered that yeah. I've seen. Um, they get into the RV and there's still a couple zombies hanging off the RV trying yep. to get in. Again, super calm the whole time. Mm -hmm. Just like, oh, that's... There's a crackhead trying to rob us or whatever they're thinking. Like, uh, I don't get it, but they take them out with the bus. They just kind of run into the side of the bus and take them out. Well, I appreciate that. Implied goriness, I guess. Um, then we get like a wide-angle shot of the city and Keith would point out the Inception ball. And yeah, it's just smoke, Bong. fire, explosions. Just yeah, just... Yeah! Tons of fires. Like, beyond just that first one we see, there's fires all over the city for some reason. <laughs> Crazy. Maybe people forgot, like, food on the burner and stuff, and it's just... <laughs> yeah, maybe people just leave it in a hurry, left the yeah. iron on. I mean, that Shit. probably happened. Yeah. Hair straighteners, cigarettes, whatever. So they get out of the city pretty quickly. They drive out to Jersey. They park, don't they? They're like, oh, there's still cars flying by them, but they decide to park. I think the, the asthma attack happened while their vehicle was still in motion. So yeah, Rachel does have an asthma attack. Jerry tries to coach her through it or help her through it. Yeah. This is what I thought Brad Pitt was probably the most effective. This seems appropriate for a parent to want to remain pretty calm, cool, and yeah. collected while they're trying to help their child through something pretty stressful, traumatic, and potentially dangerous. If you're the kid having an asthma attack, if your dad looks scared too, you're going to be a lot more worried yeah, than so, you already were. So that makes sense. I thought it was good, and that was uh, maybe the only time. We'll see. That acting worked well in that scene, but it almost, I don't know if I would see it as like an acting choice that he made. He just mm. kind of stayed on cruise control, and like in this oh, one yeah. scene, it happened to fit in well. Yeah, no, I think you're right about that. Check it out. Product placement. Jack oh, Link's there? jerky. Oh, nice. Yeah, pretty good stuff. I like the Jack Link's. They should have gone hunting for Sasquatch in this movie. <laughs> oh, man, I'd much rather see a family hunting Sasquatch. That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> would be awesome. Terry calls, and this is when I realized how silly Terry and Jerry is. I mean, it's kind of cool, I guess. I don't know. They rhyme. It's just funny, I guess. It's just weird. Yeah, that's when they try to start the camper again, and it doesn't work. So oh. that's like another kind of cliche. Connie finds a rifle in the V. Yeah, she finds a rifle. <laughs> yeah, Pitt's like, dude, don't fuck around with that. What are you doing? He's like, give it to your... Let me let Papa use it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jerry's like, uh, we need you back, brah. Get to an extraction point. We'll pick you up fucking on a heli chelly. And he says that this isn't just for old time's sake because we're old buddies. It's like, we really, we need you. You have the expertise. So we're mm -hmm. going to try to get you the fuck out of there. So he's like, all right, cool. Sounds good to me. The RV does start, right? Yeah, they get it going again. And they make so it that... to Newark. Newark, New Jersey, yep. yep. And it's totally fucked. That whole place is fucked. Yeah, New Newark's just as bad off as Philly. Um, they go to like a mini mart, I guess. I think it was like a full-on supermarket. Maybe it was, but it was called NJ Mart, which I thought was really funny. Just yeah. New Jersey Mart. Yeah, I have no idea if it's like, a real chain. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's funny. There's looters in there, people running around, getting stuff that they need or want or whatever. Yeah, people grabbing food and whatever else. Uh, there's flickering lights, and get used to that. I'm thinking about it. It looks a little bit like the supermarket they're all stuck in in that movie, The Mist. Again, a much better movie! Yeah. 
Yeah, that movie was better. Ooh. It's more, way more interesting. Holy a lot of crap. people hated it, though. But yeah, well, they're wrong. I categorically. Mean, so just shut the hell up. There's still an employee in that Mart. He's wearing, like, the apron. Yeah, I did not notice And that. it's weird. It's so brief. It's, like, two seconds. It's when they have the shopping cart, and they just go by him. It's, like, a really quick shot. I'll get employee of the month for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, he's just standing there. Like, he just, like, follows them as they walk by. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, he doesn't know what's going on. It's weird. I wonder, yeah, like, if it was intended either way but like was he supposed to be looting his own store was he still like trying to work his shift it seemed like he was just calm and he was just like oh this is weird I, like it happens huh. every day well, that's different <laughs> oh it's fucking <laughs> it's probably just like a random decision like yeah let's have an extra in a store uniform in the background and didn't really give him a clear direction or something <laughs> they're looking for food supplies and asthma inhalers yeah and they get to the pharmacy and there's a hooded man and a dead body on the ground that's obscured by the wall this guy was weird. He looks kind of messed up and kind of haggard. This guy looks like he's been living this life fighting zombies for like the past two years. <laughs> he looks yeah. totally shell-shocked. I mean, maybe some really bad stuff's happened to him, but it just that's what I got was like this guy who's been, you know, surviving by the skin of his teeth for a long time. It's like Frank West or something. Yeah, he's shit. covered wars, you know. Doesn't he pull a gun? He pulls, yeah, he has a pistol. He pulls a gun on them and, and then he just gives them the drugs. Well, he explains. He gives them the inhalers or whatever. I think they explain the situation to him. He seems like he's now fucking lord of the pharmacy because he is the man with a gun and he decides who lives and who dies yeah and he decides brad pitt's little girl gets to live because he's the hero of this movie but he and says, he has uh, a daughter of his own or a kid of his own he says yeah it worked great for my kids so i'm wondering if this guy's kid is already dead and that's why he's all screwed up now like, yeah already, the kid's already been killed dead rising too remember that you had to take care of your stupid daughter oh yeah that sucked that was pretty cool oh yeah so we hear uh jerry and yeah. the mother's about to get raped. I, I mean, they so cover it up where it's show. like, oh, give me that. Like, they're trying to rob her, but it's like, mm, it's Like, they ADR'd some line it's, in. Uh, it's ambiguous. It looks yeah. like, I don't know. Um... <laughs> I'm just thinking, if you're in the middle of a zombie outbreak apocalypse situation, are you just going to stop by the supermarket for a quick rape? Uh, you Who has get time raping? for that? I don't know, but there are some like just crazy-ass people who use it as an excuse to do it. That's what I feel like people are really excited about the zombie apocalypse for, is just an excuse to go fucking nuts. Maybe. And have no law to answer to. But like, I gotta take a huge shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's pause this, baby. Would people go this crazy if zombies really happened? I don't know. I don't know, because we've seen not huge traumatic events. Thinking back to, like, 9-11 and stuff, people seem to help out each other than do more crime. That's what I was thinking. It's like, during times of crisis, sometimes people do exploit it to do really bad things, but I think usually people come together more often than not. And also, like, in 2003, also in New York City and a bunch of other cities there were there's a huge blackout that affected a big chunk of the United States and even Canada for like a day really nothing bad happened except I guess there was like a little bit of looting in fucking Ottawa Canada of all places <laughs> oh weird fucking in Times Square there were people like camping out and just hanging out in the dark and nothing really bad happened I don't know if it'd be as freaking wild as this but then again you know what precedent do we have in real life for something on this scale I don't know Maybe yeah nothing. that's true okay well, so yeah they don't the, the the rapist or mugger 
Avengers. Yeah, whatever they, they are. Don't they fire back at Brad Pitt? I don't know. Do they even have guns? I can't remember. I thought so. Jerry gets him. That's what I wrote. Rapist shoots at Jerry. Jerry gets him. I thought he just kind of scared him off. Eh, maybe he did. Get out of here, you two. Get, get out of here. Scat. Salt and snail. Yeah, the police do show up, and they're like, they put their hands up and stuff. Yeah, he doesn't, like, drop Fuck. his gun, but he, like, has his hands over his head with the rifle in his right hand. They think, like, oh, they're gonna be arrested now, or something might happen. Yeah. And the cop doesn't give a shit. He just is just, by. he's another looter. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's coming in to save his own ass at this getting point. what he needs, getting out. So there is no law. That was kind of nice. We're showing that, like, law is affected. Yeah, it's like anarchy that. now. They get outside, they have everything they need, but and they find out the RV has been stolen. What a surprise. That well, sucks. they stole it first, so... Yeah. That doesn't surprise easy me. Come, easy go. I like that. I like that the RV was taken, because somebody would take yeah, that. Yeah, somebody would definitely just take that. Just a car that. lying around that worked? Fuck yeah. So they look over, there's an apartment complex, right? Gets a call from the UN guy yeah, again, I believe. Yeah. I don't really remember what he says. I think he's maybe just telling him where he is and where he's gonna be. And when. Oh, yeah, what the extraction point would be. And yeah. He's like, get to this place, you can get up to the roof of this apartment complex. Fight your way through the raid. <laughs> get up there. And we have another random explosion. Oh, yeah. Right, something just blows up. There's a bum getting hammered in the alleyway, which I thought was really oh, funny. Oh, yeah, that's hilarious. <laughs> Fucking, fuck, it's the end of the war, I'm getting drunk. Fuck it, I got nothing else better to do. He does the fucking MLG no-scope a zombie, because he's like an FPS god at this point. Something like that, yeah, I wrote 17 <laughs> minutes, Brad shoots zombie in the head, killed. He does, he is like really quick with that. I wonder if he had any training, I think he I brought think that he, up. Yeah, I think he's had some kind of training with guns. He, I'm not sure if he, what his role was exactly, but he was with the UN in combat sites, like in the Balkans, and I can't remember where else think maybe Afghanistan. So he's been around. <clears throat> and yeah, they bust into this housing project tower. Yeah, as they're getting into that, zombies just run past the bum in the alleyway. Right. Which... That's our first look at that. That's something that happens a few times. Really? Well, they mentioned that. Like, there's certain people that for some reason zombies just avoid. Oh, okay. And they all have something in common. And this was one thing in the movie that I thought was pretty clever. I guess we can get more into that later. Interesting. They get into the apartment complex, ground floor. They secure the door with a hose or some sort of hose like object tie it down <laughs> give you a hose like object yeah I got a hose like object for you there's a trip and a fall when they're running up the stairs which is like a horror cliche right uh, yeah and something I noticed in this scene the lighting is I guess it really would be this dim but I can't fucking see shit oh yeah well, there's uh, the red light of the flare is what we see which I thought was nice I thought it looked pretty cool yeah maybe it was just how I was watching it I had I was watching it on yeah our big ass old oh, rear oh. projection TV <laughs> yep. the, you know in the middle of the day I couldn't see anything in this scene oh I believe it yeah that TV playing games on that is a fucking yeah. struggle this is probably more the TV's fault than the yeah, movies yeah definitely I watched it on my laptop monitor which is just an old HD television and right. yeah I was able to see mostly what was going on they keep running up the stairs they're like we need to get an extraction now cause Jerry was like or Terry was uh, <laughs> <laughs> Terry was saying that um, we can get you in the morning it's too dark right now we can't fucking see and his wife's like, well, I got the flares. So they're like, well, we, we got flares. So he's like, okay, we'll do something. And Connie's gone. They're like, oh, fuck, where the fuck's yeah. Connie? Oh, shit. Well, I wrote something else before that. Do you remember what fridge slam would be referring
referring to? Fridge slam. He like slams a zombie pretty good with a fridge or a fridge door. I wrote zombie like is raid. pinned. That's probably what it and was. And I was like, why the fuck is a zombie pinned? I don't remember that. Can be pain me, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I do remember that. Oh man, the raid's so cool. They do. They lose track of Connie. Yeah, this kid is just dead weight at this point. Just Get rid of her. Kill fucking her. everything up. Just leave her for the zombies. Seriously. Screw it. Seriously. Screw it. Just use her as bait. Draw the zombies <laughs> away. You know, maybe cut her up a little bit. Get mm -hmm. that blood stank in the air. Throw her off a roof. Stink. <laughs> zombies can eat her till the room stinks. I apologize to all the parents out there. I don't. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck kids. <laughs> <laughs> they eventually find this little fucking brat robot. Oh, yeah, she's hanging out with... She's like, let me in, let me in. They're like, what the fuck's going on? What, yeah, what? she finds this Hispanic family on one of the upper floors. It wasn't much of a struggle. It's like, yo, open the door. And they're like, no. And he's like, please open the door. And they're like, oh, let me put it that way. And then they let him in. Si, senor. And they just kind of hang out, listen to the radio, and get drunk. It's like... Yeah, it's pretty cool. Estreveza, which is yeah. Espanol for beer. This is the only thing in the movie that really did remind me of the original Dawn of the Dead because that movie begins we get a sequence in these housing projects which are occupied mostly by black and Hispanic people which are being gleefully killed by white Pittsburgh policemen. Yep. We don't have that in this movie but yeah. we do have that housing project setting. And yeah he turns on the radio and there's no signal. Can't get anything in. Uh, it reminded me of 28 Days Later again. Remember when uh, I forget their names they mm -hmm. eventually get to an apartment complex they see Christmas lights up oh. in the window and they're like oh shit someone's still alive and then they go up there and like, <laughs> just like they get up there and yeah there's still some people doing more interesting things like collecting rainwater and stuff like that yeah. but yeah it made me think of that that's when the dude cuts his hair and shaves and all that shit they eventually get too drunk and they pass out and then what happens to Jerry oh he has a flashback to the zombie fucking turning that guy at the beginning when he was bitten it's like a PTSD moment we see these weird flashbacks of like zombies teeth yeah. and shit cause you see that guy when there was a teddy bear countdown he just remembers seeing it from the camera's point yeah, of view like from which above was which really is not weird. where he was it was just easier to do that yeah. and just reuse footage I guess but yeah. this movie hey they had $190 million. They didn't they have that much money. <laughs> yeah, you expect them with under $200 million to, to actually have good that. continuity. Come on. Fuck off. Get out of here. <laughs> and yeah, we have a broadcast. It's the emergency broadcast system has kicked into effect as well it should. Yeah, the New Jersey State Police is telling people, stay inside. This might take a week or two. Hunker down. Go to the Winchester. Have a nice cold pint and wait for this whole thing to blow over. Yeah, like a big heavy doors. Yeah. He wakes up, everyone's gone. It's like, oh, fuck. Finds everybody, but Connie's missing again or some shit. I know, it's Tommy. Tommy is, like, comforting Connie. Tommy's the, the son, as, yeah. as Keith called him, Pueblo. Was, uh, his name was Pueblo. He's... <laughs> <laughs> it's this weird, like, turn to the camera. It's like, she was crying. It was just weird. Do you remember that? Yeah. I don't know. It was kind of an odd scene. Yeah. The like, shot looked good when he turned like, his thanks, head. Thanks, but... bro. Watching out. Yeah. Looking out, bro. Good looking out, dude. Basically, he, Brad Pitt, Jerry, he wants his family to come with him because he says, I've been in situations like this before. People that stay put, they die. Which doesn't make much sense to me, but okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, he says it's true. must be true. I mean, he knows. He's a former UN dude. Um, I wrote low mm. talkers around the table. <laughs> By the way, this was the most mumblecore zombie movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yep. There's a lot of shit in this movie. I was like, huh? 
<laughs> what? Speak up! <laughs> I had to turn the TV up or I had to rewind it. People speak very softly through a lot of this movie. Oh, man. It's kind of odd. Turn it down when there's a random explosion. Turn it back up. Get ready to play that game if you're going to watch this. But the kid translates because uh, the father doesn't speak very well English, I guess. And the yeah, kid plays translator, English. which is cool. I guess they got some shut-eye or something for a little bit, and then they decide to go back under the roof. It's still night, right? Um, like maybe a few hours later? I want to say, to fast-forward a little bit, when the helicopter shows up, it's getting light out. It's probably like early morning, like 6 o'clock in the morning, 7, something like that. So they must have went with the sunrise pickup. They make armor out of duct tape magazines. Yeah, that was kind of cool. Yeah, he puts a chef's knife on the end of his rifle to make a makeshift bayonet, oh, which yeah. is cool. Oh, yeah. I didn't even catch that. It was neat. Yeah, I thought that was a really good idea. Again, made me think of Dead Rising 2, when you can craft all those weapons and you use like a shit ton of duct tape, make like crazy ass things. I remember, yeah, Max Brooks's other book, The Zombie Survival Guide. You were saying one thing was in there, like this really stupid thing to do would be to get a suit of armor. Yeah. I don't know where you would get one, like a crusty old house, I guess. But, uh... <laughs> Some it would, museum. It would, yeah, Night at the Museum, Ben Stiller would show up. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's in the suit of armor. Because it would weigh you down, it would tire you out, and it just, you would probably smell really bad. Yeah, so they're making armor out of things that are lightweight and not super strong, but still probably pretty hard to bite through a fucking yeah. big magazine. Which is cool. It's pretty smart. But Brad Pitt's the only one with this stuff. The rest of the family doesn't have any of it, I think. They're... Yeah, I don't think he up armors any of his family, just him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like... Looking out for number one. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? The one that matters. Yeah. Our hero, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's more flickering lights during yep. another sneaking around scene. Just, I wrote that. I do not like flickering lights in movies. I don't pretty like, annoying, Yeah. usually. Zombies are on their way up, so they gotta get out. Brad Pitt tells his stupid kid to be, be ninja quiet. Yeah, be super quiet, get, It's like he's trying to make it fun for his kids. That's nice. Yeah, make it a game. How do we know that there's zombies coming? I guess he just assumes that they'll get there eventually just because. Uh, I thought there was a shoe squeak. Doesn't some noise happen? How do they know? Why is Brad Pitt so sure that eventually this building will become swarmed with zombies why is he so convinced that it's not a safe place to stay that's something they could have discussed i mean he's right he's always right in this movie but intuition i guess he's just a really intuitive dude so yeah they come upon their first zombie or they come up a few zombies and like he kills them pretty brutally i wrote like they're <laughs> yeah on one of them there's like an 11 hit combo like he shoots him i think stabs him with the bayonet thing and then like hits him with the butt of the gun like in the 17 head. times it was uh, it was 11 I counted it was literally oh was it it was literally 11 <laughs> hits that he got in on the song that's really funny it's yeah like and that's breaker. when he's he's grunting too he's like, uh, uh, which could be like a freak out scene from like Dawn of the Dead or something yeah he, nuts. he does he fucking um, goes, goes crazy here <laughs> family just watches this man it's yeah. so funny it's like yeah these little kids you're watching their dad <laughs> kill somebody who was recently a living person and still resembles a person still looks like, like... Hell of a like a person yeah yep. another movies reminded me of was yeah the raid again this project housing tower kind of place where they have to fight their way up one floor at a time made me think of dead rising also like one of those escort missions where you find the survivors and bring them back oh, to the yeah. safe house Fuck. escort missions <laughs> reminded me of that because none of his family members had any like protection or anything they're just naked not literally <laughs> but naked yeah super naked nice. but naked but naked <laughs> <laughs> and he um, pushes down a zombie down a fucking elevator shaft and he, like passes the bag to oh Karen. yeah and he's and like he just goes, fucking go just go without me bah! 
And a, a zombie just falls on Jerry's bayonet and then falls on top of him and yeah, he's on the ground. And he gets some blood on him. Yeah, and that's when he was like freaking out. It was he's the only really time he was like worried. really reacting. He was like, oh no! He thinks he might be. Up. Yeah, he thinks he might be infected. And that's what establishes that the bite it seems to be really the only way to get infected. Like even getting zombie blood on you does not infect you. Yeah, like in your eyes or your mouth or anything like that, which is like the opposite of 28 days later. That comes in contact with anything other than your skin. You're yeah, like fucked. in 28 weeks, somebody gets a droplet of it in their eye, yeah. and they get infected that way. It's like extremely, extremely contagious, and that's crazy. It's nuts. Yeah, I'm thinking like how bad. I talk a lot about bad smells in this movie, in the show. But yeah, how bad like that zombie must have stank when it was right on top oh, of him. Oh, and that the smell of the drippings out of its mouth. Oh, just, the uh, breath. Zombie Sunday morning. Oh. Bar for Rue. <laughs> I would never want to talk to a zombie. No, not if I could help it. Fuck that. The boy shoots the zombie on top of the little, little Hector Jr. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's Tommy terrible. Hector. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell kind of name is that? <laughs> it's a very unique one. For yeah, it was Ocho. Boy. Special uh, boy. It's a twist for Rocket Power. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it is Tommy. It's Tommy Gunn. Oh! It was the road dog, Jesse James, and the badass Billy Gunn. <laughs> yeah. Um, you better call somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is going to appreciate that. Uh, so yeah, he fucking shoots uh, the zombie dead. Zombie rolls off fucking Jerry, and Jerry bleh, throws up a little bit. Runs out to the ledge. And he's doing the count to 12 in his head. His families are like, I wish we'd what step away ah, from that ledge. My daddy, no. Uh, yeah, they're not happy. <laughs> they're upset. That was cool. I like that he went right to the edge and just counted down. Just... I kind of thought about like the logic of that. If he does turn into a zombie, is he going to be like, oh, I feel myself being a zombie. I will jump now. Or is no, he just going like... to go from normal to being... Zombie just, like that. Then he won't jump off. He'll jump back yeah. on the roof. I wondered if, like, if he would turn around as a zombie, he would just kind of fall. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he I would just know. be a clumsy zombie. <laughs> and although we do see zombies falling from pretty high heights and somehow oh, living yep. later on, but I guess we'll get into that. And then the chopper shows up. Yeah, the chopper does show up. And this made me think of uh, Left 4 Dead also. The very yeah. end of, like, one of those campaigns. You get to a boat or a chopper or a plane or whatever the fuck. Yeah, it's really difficult because there's a shit ton of zombies coming out of every place. Every hole. Yeah, every orifice imaginable. Yeah, some people might not make it onto the escape thing, and yeah. Jerry hangs back, holds the door closed to prevent some zombies from getting up, lets his family go up ahead. Yeah, and, and basically, we'll say right now, everything in this movie reminds us of something else, usually something we like more. God, this movie is boring. <laughs> it's really, really boring. The, he does get on the plane, or mm -hmm. the helicopter, of course, yep. and zombies just jump off the roof. They just dive at it. <laughs> they're smart, but they're stupid at the same time, I guess. It's kind of hard to tell. A, a soldier, it looks like, I don't know, maybe he wasn't shooting at the zombie that was hanging off of the helicopter. Maybe he was shooting at a zombie somewhere else. The gun was in frame, near the zombie's head in frame. Their muzzle flash, he was shooting his gun like a few times, missed the zombie's head, and then kicked the zombie off. Was he trying to shoot at the zombie? Like, what the fuck was going on? Yeah, this doesn't really line up. A really confusing well. shot, yeah. It's strange. 
thought it was funny. So yeah, they land on a U.S. Navy ship where Terry is waiting for Jerry. What is it? It's in the Atlantic Ocean, twenty-two hundred miles east of New York. Um, at one was? point it said it was like in the area of Bermuda. So, so it's like a traveling thing. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it moves around and it's like in this flotilla of all those other ships under the command of the UN. There's a bunch of other refugees out on these ships. There's nowhere on land is really that safe. That's like your only sure bet is to go way out onto the ocean to get away from these things. Yeah, Which is cool. I don't think we've seen stuff like this in a zombie movie before. I don't think we see that idea played out that often. In a zombie movie, I can think of one big example is the book and I think the 2005 movie adaptation as well of War of the Worlds. Oh, Uh, They go out onto a boat to get away from the tripods. And that's a movie that I was reminded of watching this was War of the Worlds. Me too, yeah. Yeah. It's a dad with the two kids dynamic. You get some shots of soldiers doing soldiery things and, you know, you get some nice blankies for the kids and they get bunk beds and Karen tells his Jerry to go drink some water, baby. You've been fighting zombies tooth and nail. He's probably pretty thirsty. Probably really is. Yeah, we are told, I think it's by Terry, how bad the situation really is. The president is dead. The vice president is missing. Four of the six joint chiefs are dead. Those of you who don't know this military crap, joint chiefs of staff, there's one for each of the five branches of the military. So it's the head of the army, the, the air force, the navy, the marine corps, and the coast guard. And there's a sixth one that rotates between the five who is the head of that. So four of the six are gone. D.C. is a war zone. D.C. itself is probably about to fall. Big cities are the worst hit. So it's pretty dire. So yeah, we get like a, a bunch of shots of the U.N. I called it a call center is what it looked like to me. Yeah, kind of like a really high tech one. And there's a roundtable argument about what is going on and what we can do about it. And people are like kind of debating what it could be and all that jazz. Terry tells Jerry the origin of the word zombies from South Korea? Or was it North Korea? Um, I thought it was India. That's what they say later on. Maybe they Maybe. say something different in this. But they're scene. just talking about not the infection, but just the, the word zombie, just the term. That's it originated over there somewhere. Okay. I don't know. It was a weird bit of dialogue. I, I didn't totally remember. understand it. It's probably just a stupid throwaway. 31 minutes in, we get our first use of the word zombie. And I appreciate that, that they are aware that these are zombies and they classify them as zombies because you don't get that a lot in these other movies. Yeah, we're talking about that, how it's just this thing that happens of just undead, fighty people and they don't actually ever say zombie. It's like these movies exist in a universe where there's no awareness of that concept and it's just totally Yeah, like they don't have Romero movies, they don't have PlayStation 1, like what's going on? do Romero movies even call them zombies? I can't remember. Uh, Oh. You have a good point. Hmm. I don't know. And Shaun of the Dead, I think yep. they kind of, they have a play on that. Yeah, Ed calls them zombies. Like, don't don't say that. Yeah, it's like, like say why what? not? The Zed would. Ridiculous. Why not? That's ridiculous. It's like, well, are and there any out there? And he's like, well, no. Oh, wait, no, that, there they are. Good stuff. I like it when Shaun of the Dead just calls out all that shit. It's yeah, it's great. awesome. I did have a note. May have started in South Korea, but not the word, though. The earliest known in Infection, I think, is what they were saying. Uh, they might have said the word, too. They hmm. said that the earliest known infection was in South Korea, and we'll see more of that later. This debate is going forward. They set up Brad Pitt, set up his family real nice. They're like, dude, you gotta come work for us. Help us out. You're the only one skilled enough to do this. You can do it. Help us out. And he's like, fuck no, dude. I'm not... I don't want to do this. I'm gonna look out for my family. I'm just gonna do fam, bro. what I have to do. Some other high-ranking officer. Yeah, there's this high-ranking like, army guy. Yeah, he's like, dude, you gotta work if you want to stay 
here. Right? Yeah, it says everybody here has an essential component to the team. Is like a very important member and has something yeah. to offer. And there's no room for dead weight. Like we can't have that. And everybody yeah. that's on board is like a refugee, I guess. Yeah. It's going to be shipped somewhere else, safe, presumably. Hopefully safe. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, and it kind of hits him hard saying like, if you have the ability to help us solve this crisis, you just have a responsibility to do that is essentially what he says. And you can't just hang back and not try to help. So I like that. That was good. Um, so he does agree, right? Eventually he's like, oh, fuck it. I'll yeah. do it. And his wife is pissed and he's mm-hmm. basically kind of blackmailed into it, but he does it. He agrees. And there's a touching scene when Karen gives her phone. He's like, call whenever, baby. Booty call. They attempted to make a touching scene. I just, yeah. <laughs> just felt myself almost fall asleep. I had like a narcoleptic moment. They talk low, naturally. Yeah, they like hug. everybody else in this movie, they're barely above a whisper a lot of the time. A little goodbye moment to the kids, a kiss on the forehead. Bye-bye. They make out one last time. Not the kids, but Karen and Terry. Karen and Jerry. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, they make out with their kids. There's a make out three-way. Oh, God. Yeah, Fuck like, uh, they go. <laughs> but he's going with this other guy that you see a little bit earlier. Um, this hotshot dickhead. Uh, young British doctor. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who is, like, an epidemiologist. So, yeah, we see how he pays off dividends. Well, and tells, the... he tells Tommy that he's the man of the house now, bro. Yeah, you gotta take care my daughters you gotta fuck my wife <laughs> get used to it bruh time to be a big boy <laughs> time to put on those big boy pants <laughs> and get a job but I'm eight I'm mashing potatoes on the Jerry um, puts his contact in the phone for his wife is uh, just home aww this was a sitcom we get a big aww aww <laughs> so corny but maybe people like that I don't I, know I hope someone enjoyed that cause I didn't yeah so they pile into a C-130 transport I believe it was yeah. fly off to Korea fucking it's poor reception on the plane that they're going to they can't really communicate on the plane I guess him and his wife this British doctor he gives this whole speech about how mother nature is the world's greatest serial killer and creates all these ways to wipe people out and like all great killers mother nature wants to be caught and mother nature's a bitch and he has this whole metaphor yeah. about things which was like interesting I guess yeah I guess I, maybe it would make more sense if I knew more about diseases which I don't. He, he's kind of theorizing that this thing, like its biggest strengths, or maybe actually it will turn out to be the weakness. And it's how like much of that came true? But the happening business going on. That, yeah, there's a little bit of that movie in this movie. Maybe yeah. it was just that they both had such bad acting. Maybe that there's something about this movie that reminded me of that thing. <laughs> yeah. After that whole thing, we get just, just boring the family boat. shit. They mentioned that DC <laughs> has quote gone dark, which means yeah, they've lost all communications with the capital. It sucks. Yeah, it's uh, getting serious. Family's gonna be relocated. Everybody is. And then they hang out in the cafeteria. And they get some food later on. That I feel like the scene didn't really need to be around. I well, then we it cuts. Isn't there like a lot of cutting back and forth? Yeah, they show the people getting kicked off the boat. And then I think the next thing that we see is when they finally get to the U.S. base in South Korea. Yep, and it's a big-ass rainstorm. At it's... first glance, it almost looks abandoned. Like, they keep it, you know, dark and quiet so the yeah. zombies don't come. I liked how this looked when they landed and they it did look the pretty plane. cool. It's like really dark and it's rainy and kind of see some zombies charge through the yeah, darkness. Yeah, the rain cool. gave it maybe like a little bit of Jurassic Park feel. Yep, yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, the whole atmosphere, I guess, in North Korea was pretty good. Probably the best part of this movie. South Korea, but yeah, I think this is some of the best stuff we, we get is kind of coming up here. Jerry has a nice scarf. I noticed that. Yeah, it's, it's like, a, like a kafia or something. I <laughs> yeah. Think. yeah, zombie charges. 
ages, takes a guy out, one gets shot and twitches, and then there's kid scientist freaks out, and yeah. what does he do? Well, they were so smart to give this guy a gun who's probably never even fucking held a gun in his life. It was, as we mentioned, it's raining heavily. This guy gets spooked, you know, fucking spaghetti comes Whoa. up. Whoa. Uh, spaghetti. And then Whoa. he... Cigarette. Yeah, he's, he's totally spooked. He runs back up this slippery, slanted ramp. He's just going to try to hide back in the plane. And he falls flat on his face, his stomach, and everything. This screwed me up. No sound, right? All I could really hear was the sound of him falling against the ramp. I thought that's all it was. But it turns out he actually somehow shot himself in the process. Yeah, you see his hand gone out of his temple. Oh, so yeah, he's dead. Done. This guy who was so promising and seemed to have promising theories about this whole thing. Thought I was going to solve this whole thing. No. Nope, not this time. It would have been Hold interesting if Lee. that kid survived and Brad Pitt died. Oh, swap it out. That would be, that would mix it up. A little That'd surprise pretty, halfway through. Like, oh, wow. Um, it's fucking Brad Pitt's studio. does whatever the hell he wants. It's gonna sell. People love zombies. <laughs> yeah. So this guy just goes out like a wet fart. Nobody <laughs> told him how to work the safety, I guess, on a fucking pistol before they fucking gave it to him. So yep. it's kind of their fault that he's dead. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they go into the base then, I guess. Yeah, more soldiers show up and they make it into the base. and Some shit about dead people, whatever. <laughs> Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, it's like, so I don't know what the fuck is going on But anymore. they mentioned that, like, he was 23. Yeah! And he came here to help you in Grateful Bastards. I don't make fun of him. They do pick on him. He's like, what an idiot. Yeah, what a dingus. Fucking douchebag. They talk about how they dispose of the zombies when they have the chance. Just to burn them. References to other zombie movies. Yeah. Talking about removing the head, destroying the brain, and burning it. That has precedent in real life, though, too. I don't know about the most recent Ebola outbreak, but I think there was one in the 90s where they threw them all in a pit and torched them. It was so virulent, so it's one way to be sure to kill those germs, I guess. And I think there's other times that they've done that. I took a note around this point in the movie. This has to end now. This movie should have ended right now. It just needs <laughs> to stop. <laughs> We're probably like 45 minutes in at this yeah. point. The soldiers in Korea, they call the zombies uh, Zeeks. Which is cool. Which I kind of like. You know, it sounds like a real <laughs> jargon that they would come up with. Yeah, it does definitely sound like military jargon. I didn't remember it from the book, but Keith uh, mentioned that it was a reference to the book. That's what oh, they that's... called them in the novel. Oh, that's cool. One little piece that they kept in. That's pretty cool. They go into like a, a cell that's all been charred they just kind of put flamethrowers into the cell and yeah. they're still like intact ashy people just ashy larry yeah ashy, ashy larry's <laughs> yeah, there they went from classy to ashy yeah it was really cool yeah she was playing crabs it was weird it was so weird he's hanging out in his boxers <laughs> i don't know i can't decide if it was cool or stupid but you see like well their bodies are all mostly blasted to ash but you like you see a few fingers are still intact and still kind of yeah. twitching that's kind oh of i didn't even notice that. yeah that's it was, weird it was weird i don't it's know like if that really made any sense thing or something yeah know. from it's cousin it oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh not cousin it yeah you're right thing. oh thing it's yeah thing but before that they mentioned brad pitt there was a memo that came out of this place it wasn't it was like it wasn't a memo it was an email you dumb fuck and he's like oh excuse me soldier princess man he mentions there was an email that they sent out 11 days ago and just nobody read it nobody took it seriously i guess hmm. about some of the shit that was going down at this base there was a flashback to what happened in the cell wasn't there like a weird 
flashback? Well, there was a flashback. There was a soldier that went AWOL, and then the base doctor found him. I don't remember where. Maybe at home. Oh, right. Who was checking this guy out because he obviously had something wrong with him. Turns out he was being zombified. This soldier, he bit the doctor. The doctor came back to the base, and then more people at the base wound up being infected through him. And that is... That's what that guy explains in the cell, right? Yeah, maybe. As far as they can trace this disease back, they mentioned that even they don't really know the origin for sure, hmm. which is something that we hear again and again in this movie. Nobody can figure out where it came from. But yeah, I wrote down crazy man in cell, former inmate maybe? I don't know. Well, it's another person that just didn't get bit. Like James Badge Dale, like the most talkingest of the soldiers there. He didn't get bit. They mentioned that he's had some kind of leg problem. That's a second person that we've seen where the zombies just don't give a shit that he's there. Hmm. And then my next note was ODB slash Twix. What? <laughs> I have no fucking idea where old dirty bastard and Twix came from. <laughs> Oh, yeah. No, there oh. was, like, somebody... These zombies eat up people like a fat kid on Twix. I don't know about Old Dirty Bastard, though. I don't know if he calls somebody that. Huh. But anyway... That's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the CIA guy. Oh, yeah, so he tells a little tale about how the North Koreans... What was their precaution of the, trying to prevent this from spreading? So he is locked up because this guy is a CIA agent who was busted for illegally selling weapons to the North Koreans government. He explains what they did in North Korea to stop the spread, which is what he seems to be doing to himself voluntarily. <laughs> which, uh... which is in the course of a day, pulled all the teeth out of all 23 million of their citizens, which I guess is fine because they didn't have any food to eat anyway. So... <laughs> um... <laughs> oh... Snap. So we see him ripping his last tooth out, which is really disgusting to watch. I hate anything like that with teeth or yeah. fingernails I am usually very skittish and squeamish when it comes to teeth and fingernails and little things like that being ripped out. Yeah. I didn't really feel much watching this I scene. did. Like, I was, it was watching it through my fingers. Yeah, it was just long. Like, it took him so long to well, get that tooth out of his I guess it, it's like a tooth, but... I watched this movie twice for this show because I watched it once without taking any notes or anything just to give it, like, a fresh take. I'd never seen it before. And then I watched it the second time. It didn't seem as long the second time because it's like the impact had already been taken out of it from seeing it once but it grossed me out yeah i have to admit yeah i mean it was gross that's for sure but it wasn't as effective as like the texas chainsaw massacre remake there's a scene where leatherface is pulling a guy down to the basement he tries to grab the walls to stop himself from yeah and uh his fingernails rip out on the wall oh, it's, it's just really gross that's yeah fucking disgusting. just thinking about that grosses me out or like that shit in black swan oh that god fucking horrible holy crap by the way this is a guy we're talking about uh, earlier david Morse, who yep. uh, I think we both really liked in this movie. He, yep. was, he was actually acting. I'm Keith, and I really liked him, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Keith. Thanks, Keith. He has a collection of his teeth on, like, some parchment Yeah, paper. he has them laid out neatly, weirdly neatly. <laughs> Pretty funny. He tells them that Israel built a wall. They were the first to know, first to yeah, act. Yeah, he says Israel's winning. So he's like, check them out, baby. Yeah, so that's his next stop. Doesn't he call his wife at this point? They gear up and head out, and that's when we get poor reception on the plane. Oh, Doesn't it, like, okay. pick up a little bit? and then kind of drops. He calls, or tries to call her in between the scene with the CIA guy and the scene, at least I have a note of it. I don't actually remember it now, though. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't remember you much. did. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> That's 
watch. It's a race for my brain. Yeah, they get on these squeaky little bikes and they pedal over to the plane because they're using bikes because zombies are drawn in by sound, yeah. so they can't like take a Humvee or something. It's a reference to, I mean, maybe a reference to the zombie survival guide. There's a section on vehicles, and the most recommended one would be a bicycle. It doesn't make any sound. It doesn't run on any other energy other than yourself. You can pick it up and move it around. It's really narrow, so you can get into like smaller areas with yeah. it. It's easy to repair. Like parts will probably be easy to find. Mm -hmm. I like that. Nice little touch. I'm sure at this point, fuel is very limited. So yeah. driving over to the plane in any kind of vehicle would be just a waste. And then what happens well, to this dingus? We constantly pit? get reminded they're drawn to sound. And right before mm -hmm. a very particular scene that maybe explains a little bit about Jerry's behavior, we get on over the radio. It's like, remember, guys, these Zeeks are drawn to sound. Don't make any noise. And then almost immediately after that reminder, Jerry's cell phone goes off. Karen's like, you know what? I'm going to give him a call. Like, we didn't get reception very well. Try it again. Dumb. Oh, yeah. And then there's like a reminder, like a very casual reminder. It's like, oh, don't forget to turn off your phones right after it rings. They don't seem as pissed off as I would be. I'll yeah. say that. They're like, oh, shit. Well, this might get messy now. Jesus goddamn Christ. You didn't remember to shut your phone off? I mean, his character's supposed to be smart. And he's reminded a billion times that being quiet is really important. And he has his phone on. He has his goddamn phone on. Is he just not paying attention? Like, what the hell? I don't know. He looks fucking brain dead this whole movie. It's yeah. Like one time he acts like it, too. It's fucking ridiculous. They didn't seem like regular cell phones, so I'm like, was there like a silence option? It'd I don't be know. weird if there wasn't. I don't think they were cell phones. I think you're right. I think they were probably satellite phones. But still, yeah. I imagine you should be able to turn the ringer off. Maybe I'm wrong. Any satellite phone experts out there, you know, give us a jingle. Help us out. I wrote big rigs. Big why. rigs. <laughs> I don't remember the big rigs. Me either. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I was probably just like, man. I wish I was just watching that big rig review and seeing this movie. <laughs> yeah, man, that's a way cooler video. <laughs> the um, backwards hat dude. What's his name again? James Badge Dale is the actor's name. I forget the character's name. That guy. He gets bitten. He even has one. I yeah. wrote hot dude gets bitten. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Ass. So they try to get to the plane. Uh, people are defending the plane. I wrote down defend the plane segment. If you were to think about this movie as a video game, this is the point where it's like you got to make your last talk and there's like people defending the plane and then you make it to the plane and then you got to help defend it. Yeah, I wrote headshots because there's a bunch of headshots. Then I wrote IDC, which stands for I don't care. No one cares. <laughs> the hot guy gets bitten. He stays outside just shooting some more Zeeks and he's like, oh no, I can't believe it. I'm a Zeke. A Zeke. I'm a Zeke now, bro. And then uh, there's like a sniper somewhere and he's like, don't worry, I got you, bro. Just say the word and I got you or whatever. And yeah. he's like, sorry, boys, I got this. And like puts yeah. the gun to his head and blows his brains out, which I thought was fitting. Um, That's probably what most people would do. Maybe. Yeah, especially this guy, you know, he's a tough guy. He's got the nads to, to take <laughs> yeah. himself out if need be. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, he, he's probably thinking it not just that he doesn't want to turn into a zombie because the idea is repugnant, mm -hmm. but also, <laughs> hey, if I just take myself out, that's one less guy for my buddies to have to fight. That's true. I just thought it was corny how they played it out. Just a little cheesy. It's the kind of thing that would definitely fit in an <laughs> 80s movie. Not oh, that yeah. that's necessarily a bad thing, but it would have definitely not been out of place in some corny 80s movie. Yeah. So they fly to Israel. Cuts back to what is now labeled as, yeah, the UN flotilla. I think that's when it says it's Bermuda, actually. Yeah, 100 miles from Bermuda. Maybe they'll get lost in the triangle and we won't have to see them ever again. That'd be cool. <laughs> what a twist. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> if M. Night directed that movie, that's what would happen. <laughs> that's where the zombies originated in some <laughs> other dimension. 
Oh, man, that sounds cool. That would be awesome. Calls his wife from the plane, and he tells her, like, Korea didn't work out, to put it briefly. And then something really weird happens. They see something really weird from the left side of the cockpit. What is it? It's just a mushroom cloud, like an atom bomb. It's yeah. just dropped. It's like, <laughs> it's like we were talking about earlier about random explosions taken to an extreme. Like, what the fuck is that? It's a so big. A nuke goes off. The only theory that I could think of, which doesn't make sense because of how light it was at the time, they probably would have had it been pretty far away from Korea by then. I was thinking maybe North Korea through their insane brutality found a way to weather this storm and then they took advantage of the situation, used one of their six or seven nukes that they do have, dropped one on the south and uh, decided <laughs> it's their chance to move in and take over. Yeah, they're doing it. Teethless and all, man. Yeah, the toothless army <laughs> gnawing on everybody's ankles. <laughs> gumming things up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yuck. It was so um, weird. Yeah, no, no reaction from anybody on the plane. That might have been the weirdest part of that scene was the two guys, they don't say anything. What do you say? They just kind of look at each other like, huh. Yeah. That's weird. It's like if they just ran into a goose or something. <laughs> like, what the shit? It's so weird. Like, there's no, like, holy crap, look at that. Nothing. Again, to, uh, speaking of toothless, uh, make the political angle of this kind of toothless. Hmm. They don't explain who's bombing who. Where I feel like if in the book, if something like that happened, they probably would have told you who did it and why. Yeah, they would have. This did do well at the foreign box office. I mean, that's the way they make a lot of these movies now, is they don't want to offend the Chinese, they don't want to offend the Russians, they don't want to offend any of these big new markets that Hollywood is exploiting. Yeah, literally those two countries, things were changed to appease those places. Huh. Something to do with China and something to do with Russia were taken out of the movie. I think that's why they left this ambiguous. I mean, why not just cut the whole thing? I just thought the it was whole... a cool visual. I, I guess. I don't know. It was pretty cool actually. Still ultimately pointless. Yeah. They make it to the airport in Jerusalem. They, and we do some nice aerial photography of the city. I mean, Jerusalem's just a cool-looking city. I'm not yeah. 100% sure if this is actually Jerusalem, because they had me fooled with Philadelphia, so maybe this is actually mm. somewhere else. Sure as hell looks like it. Can't trust him. Yeah. He meets with the head of Mossad, whose name I forget. Yeah, I wrote Jerry drinks with some dude who knows what's going on. That's what happens, yeah. Basically, he wants to understand what kind of advanced knowledge does the Israelis have, how did they come about it, and why did they respond the way they did. The Mossad guy says... He talks about why didn't anybody else believe it, or why didn't they want to believe it. And he said, it's not stupidity or weakness, it's just, just human nature, which I thought was interesting. He talks about various catastrophes that happened to the Jewish people over the past century. The Holocaust, nobody believed that until it was too late in 1972. They never thought that their Olympic team was going to get massacred in 1973. They saw that there were some troop movements in the neighboring Arab countries, but they still didn't think they were about to get attacked. So now it's their policy in Mossad. Even if nine people are convinced oh, of one interpretation, yep. the duty of the tenth man is to prepare for the contingency that the other nine are all wrong mm -hmm. because they've been wrong in the past. So Turns out that guy was the tenth man. Jerry's bodyguard is nearby, which is that, that woman, right? Jerry's has a does he have a bodyguard? I don't know. I don't know why I took that note.
<laughs> they reveal where he got that info from. Yet another dead end. A report that made by an Indian general that they're fighting. I can't remember what the word was, but it translates to undead or zombie or something mm. like that. The other nine guys all thought it was BS and was a cover for something else. And he decided to be the guy that prepared for real ass zombies. Yeah. So they built a big wall around large parts of Israel to protect themselves. That's a pretty good idea. And they welcome refugees into the walled city, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah, they see Arabs and Jews together, happy that they are don't have to die thanks to this wall rather than fighting each other. They have like a common enemy now. Did you see in this section of the movie any political overtones? Because this is one area where I did. Only in this part. Once they get out of like America, I guess. Yeah, I really mean like the part in Israel. Not really. I kind of took it all at face value, but I could see where you're going with it. Like, I, I think you could make like some allegories. There's one review. I got a little bit of this. It was sneaking into my brain. It said, shoot, go away, but it stuck around. <laughs> this thought. This guy in this, I think it was New York Post review, was saying that he found this shit offensive. This idea, it's a little Jewish conspiracy-ish. I mean, there are a lot of people out there that are in the Arab world and even here in the United States that were convinced, as they would say on 4chan, Jews did WTC. You know, <laughs> that they had inside knowledge that 9-11 was going to happen and or were even responsible and didn't do anything to stop hmm. it. There are widely believed but false news reports in Arab media that said that no Jews were killed on 9-11, that they all got a, something showed up on their beeper or something's like, hey, don't go to work <laughs> today, some shit's gonna happen, that they're behind it all. That was the, the invisible hand that That's guided weird. these events. And there's a lot of people, unfortunately, that are apt to believe these bullshit concocted things about Jews. The other... I Yeah, I had never heard of that, so that never entered my mind. I yeah. didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, Jewish weird. conspiracy shit, like, that's sadly a lot of people believe that. Let's do the spell craft. Debunk all these conspiracies. That'd be interesting. <laughs> That'd be a lot of fun, actually, just do an episode on a conspiracy and just That'd actually study up and talk about it. So that, that's a cool idea. The other part was in Israel and the West Bank, the Israeli government has built a tall wall Paul Wall. Tall Wall. <laughs> Tall uh, Paul Walker. <laughs> basically separating the West Bank from Israel. The West Bank being one of the Palestinian territories. The wall, it's very controversial because it makes it really difficult for Arabs with legitimate reasons to travel into Israel to get in. It's a hassle. And it also cuts into the West Bank in some places, so it separates some Palestinian territory from the rest of it. And it's very controversial hmm. worldwide. Former President Carter has compared it to a Apartheid South Africa. I think Banksy has made some art about it. He doesn't seem to like it. Uh, so when I just see a giant wall in Israel, that's immediately what came into my mind. And by the huh. time this movie had come out, 2013, I'm pretty sure it was already completed. I think it was completed by like 2010 or something like that. So I wonder if this was some kind of a reference, maybe a criticism, maybe support. Because in this movie, you can kind of look at it both sides to me if you're going to take this whole thing seriously. Which I don't know if I do. Maybe they support the wall because in this movie it works. Or maybe they're against the wall because then it doesn't work. It's kind of mixed, I guess, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of so, a mixed message. I don't know. Those are my thoughts on that. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I took it all totally at face value, but yeah, I, you're right. There might be something there. And they did cut some stuff out, apparently, to uh, kind of make it more regarding friendly. Regarding other countries, yeah. yeah. So maybe there was a little bit of that commentary. I wonder what, how Brad Pitt feels about that. Have mm. you said anything about it publicly? I wrote down CG Zombie. Did you notice that there were any 
any like the big massive zombies. Yeah, that's CG. But like other individual CG zombies. Yeah. Did you notice anything weird about them? Not really. The audience should know that I am nearsighted and did not wear glasses (laughs) when I watched it, so I might have missed that. Um, I don't know. It could just be the way it was filmed or something. He's amazed they're still letting people in. Brad Pitt seems sort of amazed. He's like, every human being we let in, that's one less zombie we have to fight. Yep. It's a good point. There's some refugees that come in and they're all cheering and they're all really happy and it draws a lot of noise. Like, there are too many people concentrated and the zombies are drawn to it. We see these Arab women singing over loudspeakers. I think Brad Pitt, like, it clicks with him like, oh shit, this is gonna attract them. So, yeah, they're just fucking running at that wall. The zombies just run at the wall and They move in a way that doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it. I remember me and Keith paused it and talked for 10 or 20 minutes about the physics of all this. Yeah, they don't make a whole lot of sense. They sort of seem like insects, like ants. We know are extremely strong for their size, but could human beings... I mean, it wouldn't kill them because they're zombies, but it would just physically crush them like a trash compactor. Their bones would break. Wouldn't they just step through each other at a certain point? Or, I don't know. Yeah, they sort of crash against this wall like a wave. It's hard to describe, I guess. In cartoons, when you see, like, ants or bees Uh coming together to form, like, some sort of object. Like a Rocco cartoon where they form into the shape of a hammer and then beat somebody over Yeah, like something like that. That's what it made me think of. And they're just going straight up the wall, and they're just kind of climbing all over each other to get over the wall. And they eventually just spill over the wall. And then there are zombies all of a sudden. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, they start to fall over one by one over the wall and start to flatten the tops of cars. It's pretty funny. They just get up and kind of, like, pop out their bones and shit and twitch all over the place. And then sprint at other people and kill them. And helicopter comes in and shoots at the zombie tower. I guess that's, like, a defense that they have. Take out the tower right there. That's what I called it. Zombie tower against the wall. And it's, like, thousands and thousands of zombies. And as far as we can tell, the mighty Israeli defense force sends out one dude with a 50 caliber machine gun to kill yeah. them all. Um, they, More zombies start to get over. It's kind of a lot of them now. It's like a yeah, shitload of them. And they have to evacuate. Over. And we see that they have gateways going into the city, I guess. Yeah. Like walkways, like blocked off from the outside, like cages, I guess. Mm. The zombies eventually do break through that and start affecting people in that tube-like area. Yeah, they have these really skinny alleys in the, the old city of Jerusalem. Yeah, they're completely like sealed off. A guy pulls out a grenade and fucking blows himself up. To yeah, take a guy out, like, frags a himself because he's been bitten. And takes out a bunch of them with him. And the last airbender in a crowd of people, he just kneels down. Oh, yeah. This one skinny, bald, sickly looking guy. He looks like maybe he's a fucking cancer patient or something. So, yeah, that's their third person now that we've seen. The zombies just don't give a fuck about them for some reason. Something else that was weird a little bit earlier before the zombies actually get over the wall. Yeah, you see these like aerial shots from like a helicopter looking down. You just see a bunch of people, and there's like so many of them that you can't tell which of them are zombies and which of them aren't. So what it looks like to me is like they're still letting people in even though zombies are swarming towards the city. It doesn't really make sense. And the only thing that they give to tell you that they're zombies is some of those lame screech sounds. They're like... Pterodactyls and shit. I wrote down Call of Duty Zombies. Get ready for that mode. What's her name? G.I. Jane? Yeah, Yeah. I'm just gonna call her Jane. I don't Uh, remember her name. uh, Sagan. Sagan. Sagan, um... Yeah, Carl Sagan gets bitten. (laughs) And Brad's pit card... (laughs) 
<laughs> Carl Sagan and Brad Spit. Carl Sagan and Brad Spit dance around on the moon for five on minutes. On the meat planet. It's fucking weird. So she is bitten, and Brad yeah. Pitt starts to count down again. He does. Uh, he busts out that machete. Yeah, chops it right off. Yeah, machete on text. Chops her whole her left forearm off. Fucking grody, dude. And yeah, she screams her head off, as one might do. I was like, yeah. Again, she's like <laughs> the only one acting yeah, really good. Yeah, she's pretty good in this. Yeah, he did it in time. She's okay. She's not gonna turn. He was able to like sever that yeah. infection. And yeah. So everyone's evacuating. Rest. Don't they go to the airport? Yeah, they go to the airport. They run onto the runway with hundreds, maybe thousands of other people, all kind of swarming over the airport. And yeah, we got great acting right here. Don't we? From Brad Pitt, he sees one airline take off, and what does he say? No, that's yeah. it. No. Yeah. No. It's just like, oh, man. Like, like that's it. He like, seems, like, pretty inconvenienced. Like, he sounds like... Like, that's what you say if you were, like, Mr. Bus on the way to work. You're like, oh, no. But <laughs> you, you go might to Dunkin' Donuts and they're out of donuts. It's just like, oh, shit. Yeah, like, that sucks. blueberry donuts and you're all <laughs> fucked over. They do f get on an airliner, which we see them bust out a map. They, there's no air traffic controllers, presumably. These pilots, they have to navigate on their own, so they pull out a map of, it looks like, Cyprus, which is an island country country pretty close to Israel so maybe they think it's safe because it's isolated but they don't even wind up going there nope they don't they go way further well we for a good reason I guess yeah um yeah they fly away they get on the plane they're gone they're good I wrote at this point I am so not motivated to take notes I wanted to stop watching the movie at this point but he raids the little mini bar there he gets a bunch of bottles of Sambuca I I, think. yeah I thought it was vodka but it could be whatever it looked like maybe Sambuca it, it probably is but, but yeah it, he something. gives it to Sagan. She just chugs him down result. one after the other. I was like, all right, sweet. And he just changed her bandages. And he like pours some of that alcohol in mm -hmm. his hands. He tries and to clean her wounds. Pours some, I think, right on her Oof. nub. Freaking out. You feel the pain. Her yeah, performance was really good. she really does look like she's hurting pretty mm -hmm. bad. Again, I thought Brad Pitt was appropriate. His calmness in this scene. Like, if you're trying to help somebody through a situation like this, you don't want to be freaking out. Yeah. Another place so, where... Like, probably accidental. I don't that know. acting where you... If you just... <laughs> if you plug it into enough scenes, it's, yeah. some of them it's going to work, some of them it isn't. This is one of the few where... This is the it last really, time. It really did... Yeah, so the second and final yeah. time probably in the whole fucking Seriously. movie. Seriously. <laughs> Doesn't he have, like, kind of a brainwave at this point and he starts to put together like hey why aren't certain people being attacked uh... Yeah, he has like a weird flashback, I think, to the sickly looking kid that the zombies just passed right over. Basically, he figures out that the zombies don't attack sick people. Whatever it is, and their virus tells them they know who's sick and who's healthy, and that to spread, this virus needs a healthy host. So that guy with the leg injury didn't get bit. The fucking alcoholic guy who probably was about to die in that alley, he didn't get bit. That kid who looks like maybe he was a cancer patient, he didn't get bit. And he figures out that there's something that they all have in common which is health problems. That's interesting. That's uh, kind of an interesting touch. But yeah, he calls uh, Terry. Does he call Terry? Yeah, get some intel real quick. And they go to... Oh, he gives the phone to the pilots. He the He's the like, pilots. you're gonna need this. And yeah. I guess Terry tells them they should go to Cardiff in Wales, UK, because that's the nearest city, I guess, with a still operating World Health Organization facility. Mm. So it's their best bet. Yeah, which is a good idea. Is there like a little dog in this pod? Uh, 
around. Yeah, he's like barking at something that we don't see yet. Yeah, in like a closet or something. Yep. And mm. then this yeah, stewardess opens up the closet and what pops well, out? Well, zombie flops out. And now we get zombies on a plane. Oh, this boy. is really this is really fucking falling apart at this point. Yeah, I'm annoyed at this point. Like we don't need any more crazy action bits. We don't need set pieces anymore. Let's get into the How drama. How did the zombie get on a plane and then lock itself in a closet? Do you think somebody was like on the plane and a zombie got in there and like tricked it into the closet? Somehow trapped it in there? Maybe. Maybe, but who? When? Why? Why? How? How? And like, why didn't anybody know? Why didn't that person tell anybody that, hey, I got a zombie on this plane. Don't open that closet. Put what like an a asshole. sign on it or yeah, some they, yeah, shit. Like, Come caution. on. Caution. There might be a zombie. Yeah, some zombie <laughs> caution tape. I think there's a mention of how this virus spread through airplane travel. Oh, okay. And this is a big plot issue for me. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> we know from what we've been told that it takes between 12 seconds and 5 minutes to go from being bitten to being a full-blown zombie. Who got on an airline flight in that 12-second to 5-minute window of infection? Why wouldn't they ground the planes? How would that zombie get let on a plane? Unless know. it used to take longer to incubate and it, like it's gotten faster maybe which is one uh, the only thing i can think of because like those early infections like at the base in korea they mentioned it took four to five minutes by the time we see that first zombie turn in philly it's 12 seconds so maybe it's getting faster yeah maybe and maybe like further further back it took like an hour or something more but it doesn't make any sense with the information that we've actually been given it It just doesn't work really doesn't brad pitts he has a sixth sense like not yeah he does he wakes up and he's like senses smells them out it's like something. something smells like rotting flesh he just stirs he's like oh wait a minute what, what he opens up the curtain i thought this was really funny he looks over from the curtain from first class to coach and he just sees chaos it's the end of end of days it's just chaos behind this curtain and just nonsense and he closes it and he's like oh fuck but he's just chill he's way chill and he's it's wrong well it, there's like a weird thing that they do with the sound in this part because you can't hear really anything in first class you'd think there was a fucking lead door, lead line door. Seriously. There's a curtain separating the madness that is Coach and Yeah, it's like actually class. hell. There's zombies jumping around all over the place, people getting ripped apart, and like, blood flying everywhere. They do this thing where they flash back and forth between what's going on in Coach and what's going on in first class, and they'll like show yeah. a quick flash of Coach getting ripped apart. <sighs> It's just like a weird sound. They don't even let you hear the sound of what's going on in Coach when they show it to you. It's like this weird yeah, it's dramatic weird. thing that they do. I don't know what they were doing. Brad Pitt yeah, gets the either. idea of just like taking all the luggage and trying to set up a blockade. Yeah, it's lasted like all of five seconds. They, <laughs> yeah. they, they gave it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> they just plow right fucking through it. That was hilarious. That was really funny, actually. You got shaky cams and awkward view zooms all over this fucking piece. Yeah, it's, a, it's basically a balled up mess. Uh, this this is part. when you notice the cinematography and just kind of how lazy and crappy it is. I noticed that throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Is it almost feels like there isn't any cinematography. Everything's just slate gray for yeah. the most part. Except good. when they're in Israel, it's sunny, I guess. So that's different. That's the only Look difference. The 
fast. Yeah. That and South Korea. Fucking Jerry gets a grenade and fucking tosses it. And well, it escalates before that. Yeah, we're back on like the 12 second time frame. We're seemingly even faster, at least the way it's cut. Everybody in coach gets bitten and turned into a zombie within five seconds. Yeah. And then the madness spreads into first class. They start shooting guns off in a pressurized cabin, which I don't think is the best idea. I mean, I guess, what are your options, really? Yeah, we see that Sagan is a really good shot, and she takes a few of them out. He pulls a grenade and blows up half the plane. Blows a hole, and that was cool. The zombies fly out. Not all of them, but a lot of zombies just fly Most out. Of them, yeah. yeah. And one gets caught in the jet engine and blows up. That <laughs> was really funny. Yeah. So, yeah, we see the zombie lady gets sucked into an engine, and then it starts getting all smoky. Yeah, it blows up, so they're <laughs> about to crash, and fucking Jerry just buckles down. He's like, fuck it. Yeah, they're riding this bitch out. A zombie approaches Jerry and is trying to, like, snap at him, and he's like, get the fuck off me, bro! Get out of here! Something like that happens. I don't remember. It's getting foggy. Yeah. My brain's getting foggy. They crash land in Wales. Yeah, and Very, very conveniently, they, were, they crash landed, like, two miles away from where they wanted to be. <laughs> pretty lucky. Pretty nice. Again, video game. You know, video games things seem pretty convenient. Yeah, video game Tons. logic and yeah. display. They're crash landed. Brad Pitt has taken a piece of metal he's taken, he's, yeah, he's sustained a very stomach. serious injury. It made me think of Jigsaw's origin. It's like, I was a cancer patient, then I got into a car accident, then I had metal coming out of my body, and I had to take the metal out and walk two miles to a hospital. I saved myself, why can't you save yourself? Some shit like that. Psst, whatever. There's a scene in one of those movies that looked like this, but yeah, he's huh. trying to get this hunk of metal out of his fucking stomach. 28 yeah. Days Later, that song? Yeah. Um, in the House in the Heartbeat? It wasn't that song, I'm pretty similar. sure it wasn't that song, but yeah, it yeah. was very similar. I thought it felt like a ripoff of that movie score, which had, you know, one of the best original scores yeah. I've ever heard. Pitt looks over for any survivors, and there's still, like, a zombie woman is still strapped in a chair Yeah, and, like, out. jerking around. <laughs> yeah, it looks so stupid. Sagan is good. Yeah. She's alright. She toughed it out. They're just kind of limping their way to the health organization. They find the facility yeah, very easily that this they were looking a, for. This was a weird thing that didn't really go anywhere, but there's uh, a, a survivor in a window in yeah. some, like, second story house. That was Looking cool. out the window, just watching They're kind of twitching their curtains and, like, oh shit, living people. It's like, what the fuck? I thought it was going to go somewhere, but I guess not. I thought it was a cool little detail, though. It was it nice. It didn't really pan out. We're cut back to the ship, and we see that the military thinks he's dead, so they're going to kick his family off the boat now. Oh, shit. Because they're fucking useless to, <laughs> to them, I guess. <laughs> they get, yeah, they do. They get sent to a refugee camp in Nova Scotia in Canada. There's a lot of washed-out colors in this part, mm. but maybe that's just whales. Uh, yeah, it's very gray there. I think it's a zombie doctor? Brad has all these weird dreams and flashbacks, kind of like he did back in Newark. He wakes up. They're told that he was unconscious for three days, and we get these two doctors are, like, grilling him. They're really suspicious of him, it seems like. They want to know what the fuck he wants. They're all low talkers, right? They're just all talking really softly. Yeah, this whole scene is very mumble mumbly. <sighs> we were talking about how they should have had Michael Sarah in here. Brad Pitt's strapped to, uh, way through to it. Gurney. Yeah, yeah. Michael <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and one of these two doctors, by the way, I didn't put him in the um, in the list of the actors because it was a pretty small part, but it's uh, Peter Capaldi, who is the current Doctor Who. Oh. He's a Scottish actor. He was in the movie in the loop which was pretty cool it was about kind of the like run up to the Iraq war from both the British and American government perspective and he played the most Scottish most ill-tempered profane man I've ever seen he was magnificent but this movie he's pretty tame yeah he's not good in this I took a note of why do 
you keep looking at him? Give me the phone. The yeah. fuck? Oh, <laughs> look at me. <laughs> oh, yeah. God damn it. Because, yeah, it's Capaldi and this other doctor grilling him. Pill, fucking, uh, pit. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> Brad Pitt, like, he's like, I'm looking for your cure, bitch. Untie me or some shit. He's explaining that he's there to probably help. They want his credentials. I guess that's understandable. He gives them the phone. He's like, call the, call the number. Call it. Do it. And it picks up and it's like, oh, shit, it really is the assistant secretary general of the United Nations. I guess this guy's serious. They look like a bunch of jackasses. Yeah, they look like dickwads. And Terry finds out that he's alive and he is guilt-ridden because he's just vanished his wife. Already his wife. Yeah, I'm yeah. your new husband. I'll be your new father. Yeah, he hit it and quit it. He's, he's shipped <laughs> them to Canada to probably die because they thought he was dead, so fuck him. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Terry. Yeah, Terry's fucking it up big Terry time. Terry My next scene goes into where, like, a laboratory area where they have, like, a zombie in, like, a holding containment section thing. Just kind of keeps biting at the glass and banging his head on it. Brad Pitt talks about the healthy hosts for pathogens, that sort of thing. Before that, like, okay. they gets into a little tiff with, I just called him Beardo, the bearded doctor. You don't know what it's like, man. You don't have a fucking family you're trying to save. He's like, yeah, because my family's dead, asshole. You jerk. Shit lick. Fucker. <laughs> He's like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> then we have the lab scene. Yeah, there's a zombie in there. He's biting at the glass. What's up with the B-Wing? There's 80 zombies there. It's a pile of shit in the way. <laughs> like, yeah. You gotta get around that. They like, talk about <laughs> like how they're gonna get rid of this. Brad has his theory. They don't even let him finish. Like Kanye, you know, they don't even let him finish. <laughs> because he's like, hey, do you have any diseases you could use? And he's like, oh, we know where you're going with this. We tried making him sick. It doesn't work. It's like, nah, man. You don't make the zombies sick. You make the people sick. Then the zombies won't want to eat him, man. Yeah, it's gross him out, dude. And yeah, there's like 80 zombies in the room full of diseases they need to get to. Which is like a big video game thing. Oh, you just got to get there. That's what you need. But yeah, you got to get through all this first. And we're showing the zombies go dormant. If there's no living people around, they just kind of stand there and... Yeah. Don't do anything and like go into like almost like a waking coma. Seems like a waste. And yeah, they get a bunch of chairs in the way. Yeah, they gotta get rid of that. They um, use the magazines again. They tool for, up. It's like fucking ash. They gear up. A bat and axe, a pistol, classic fucking zombie weapons. Yeah, and Brad has the axe, and I think Sagan has the gun because we know she's a good shot. And then the other doctor that goes with them, she has the bat. There's a crowbar too. Yeah, right? there's Somewhere. a crowbar in tow. Somebody has a crowbar. Yeah. They tape the magazines to their body for protection. And they're in the cafeteria, and there's, like, soda cans everywhere. And it's a soda massacre. Crazy. Yeah, Soda Head was in here. It's the mad, yeah, the mad chugger. Chugging like crazy. <laughs> Welcome uh, to the jungle. We got we fun games. Fun again. We got everything home. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> what do they do? What do they say? So, uh, they just go bum bum and then Brad Pitt like kind of elbows Sagan's like, oh, you remember that movie? That's what it looks like right now. Yeah. It looks like Jurassic Park. You remember that? It was pretty cool. There's another kind of interesting detail about these zombies. They're kind of like killer bees in that if you kill one of them, it agitates the rest of them, which is the same thing that happens when you kill a killer bee. It releases this pheromone that gets all the other bees all pissed off yeah. and ready to kill you. Kind of neat, I guess. While they're walking through this cluttered area, Brad Pitt kicks a soda can. It rolls, Idiot. makes a lot of noise. Nothing happens, though. 
right? I feel no tension at all. No. I'm not feeling. You know, it. it's gonna be fine. Do they have coffee and snacks? Cause I wrote have coffee and snacks. Did somebody suggest that? I think back in the lab they might have been having coffee. Remember you said that oh. as a joke, but now I remember it that it happened. So That's I don't know right. if it was you saying it there's, or if um, they really did. There's some cross cutting between people going to B Wing and then yes. people just watching the security footage and seeing how it goes. And they're so casual. It's almost like they just found they went to like arrowid.com <laughs> and they're like, well, let's read about like fucking heroin. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Like they're just on the internet browsing. Yeah, they're on 4chan. They might as well have fucking coffee and snacks while they're fucking watching Yeah, they're eating shit. Drake's coffee cakes probably. Yeah, delicious. <laughs> I don't even feel the tension. Don't yeah. notice it. Yeah. Same with me. Was not riled up by this at all. Okay. And I remember how easy it was to sneak by the zombies. Like, it wasn't that much of a challenge for most of this. They're kind of walking around them and they're stepping on glass and stuff. Yeah, and they just kind of duck right below right where a zombie was. Like, yeah. the zombies, like, all of a sudden their senses don't seem so sharp. Maybe it's because they've been dormant. I don't know. And then one of them kind of panics and shoots a zombie. The zombies are now after them. Brad Pitt fucking distracts a bunch of them by making a bunch of noise, like runs upstairs and like bangs on a railing to try to just pull them away. The other two, I think, make it out safely and he finds the disease room, the room with all these samples of infectious diseases that they have. Reminded me of the end. I don't know if you played Resident Evil 4. Parts of it. Okay. I don't think I got to the end. There's an end where you get to an island and that's where like there's all these laboratories and stuff where the parasite is like being uh, researched and created and manipulated and stuff and there's these new kind of zombies called the regenerators and they can stretch out their limbs and they can like create spikes off their bodies and that's one of the kills they'll just like grab you from far away and pull you near it and spike you and it really looked like that island segment I really thought a regenerator like some kind of unique zombie was gonna show up I wish that had happened because that would have been interesting and exciting nope oh well so the phone rings yeah because he doesn't know the security code. Yeah, and he's given the security code. The doctor with the Irish accent, she uh, tells him, it's 56964. It works. It's and funny. yeah, he goes in, grabs I, these <laughs> things like he's on a crazy shopping spree yeah. with samples of like bubonic plague and anthrax and shit. Just tosses them all into, it's like a tackle just, box you would take fishing with you. Just scooping so them it, into a box. Like, go, go, go. Yeah, I wrote, score tons of vials. <laughs> Sweet, yeah. bro. Yeah, crack vials. A zombie shows up, right? Just yep. kind of walks up and he's like yeah right outside the room no reaction from Pitt. he's like oh whoops that uh, sucks oh oh i'm out of pizza rolls oh no this is the most annoying of all the annoying zombies it's like he's just like <sighs> like clamping <laughs> Chomping his teeth together. <laughs> it looks so stupid. It it's, sounds yeah. so... Oh, I can't stand it's it. It's annoying. So dumb. So what does Pitt do? He's got to think quick. He's like, oh shit, what do I do? It's only my way out. What? He just shoots himself up with a random ass disease. <laughs> he just mixes random shit like a video game. Just mixing random shit together, hoping it works. Another, yeah, another Resident Evil thing. <laughs> he rubs his face... He's gonna fucking do it. I wrote, inject, feel sick, gotta shit. And, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I wrote that. Inject, feel sick, gotta shit. It's my new song. <laughs> Look for that on SoundCloud. That would be awesome. It sounds like a death group song. He opens the door, and the zombie doesn't attack him. He gets, like, really, really close to his face. It's probably another time where he has to smell a really stankin'-ass zombie. This was interesting. After he takes the medication, he counts to 12. Everything's good. Yeah. And the zombie is calm. He's no longer chomping. He's no longer, like, chattering his teeth or anything. Yeah. He had a wedding ring, which I thought was interesting and he's kind of tapping on the glass door with his ring and it almost seemed like he was asking to be invited into
into the room and then Brad Pitt opens the door and the zombie just kind of shuffles in and looks around and Brad Pitt just kind of skates out behind him and closes yeah. the door and the zombie's like oh I've been duped oh, and like yeah. gets all pissed off it looks kind of disappointed yeah, the zombie is confused the zombie by the way he was the fucking leader of B-Wing back when it was not just full of zombies oh, so he was yeah. like one of the most important scientists at this place he also to me he looked like he had jaundice like his skin was all yellow <laughs> yeah which I thought was kind of weird other zombies don't seem to really look like that huh. in this movie maybe he had jaundice before he became a zombie maybe maybe he was a fucking <laughs> raging alcoholic scientist yeah he's the, the drunken science master <laughs> that's a zombie movie I want to see just a drunk scientist trying to solve the crisis <laughs> that'd be awesome so he walks out to a soda machine and he kicks this little tab that just lets cans go flying everywhere yeah and just like get ready for the horde them. like left for dead but they won't come for him so it's a win-win so they just run past him yep. he's just walking past him like this Keith said splitting the sea of zombies he's yeah like, like Moses and again like Moses it's kind of triumphant music plays over the scene do, 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 yeah just like that yeah I wrote God mode is active yeah fucking God mode activated <laughs> and it cuts back to the other scientists and doctors and she's like oh, they made it they're all freaking out all Whee! Him and Sagan, they just roll out of the compound. They're both now safe because they've infected themselves with typhus. I, mean, I guess that's good. <laughs> yeah. Cuts to him back in Nova Scotia where his family is, of course, alive. They were yep. probably never in any real danger because that's how this movie is. Yeah, that was uh, really lame. I mean, I guess that's the way it needed to be if it was going to fit a family movie. Seems appropriate, I guess. I just, I think it does feel appropriate, but it's, it's also like stupid. I don't think it's a good idea to try to make a zombie movie family friendly unless you're gonna make it like a comedy maybe mm -hmm. that could work this maybe just like kinda didn't the everyday life of a zombie family or some shit and Fido oh yeah Fido was awesome so we get some news footage and stuff we get told that it's not ogre this yeah is it's gonna, never ogre this is gonna be a struggle from here on now but we have a fighting chance now yeah bought ourselves some time it's, it reminded me of like an those army. kind of corny monologues at like the end of like Christopher Nolan Batman movies but not even done that well. Yeah, we see another news montage of how it looks like the tide has turned. People have found new and effective ways to fight back. We see some of that battle in Moscow, which, again, was actually shot in different cities. Shot in Budapest, Hungary. That was supposed to go on for 12 minutes. It wasn't just supposed to be a few flashes of it. Brad Pitt was supposed to be in the thick of it, and this movie doesn't look like he has anything to do with it. Not really. But we find out that the vaccine, or whatever, is delivered to most people. So yeah. That helps. And they call it camouflage. That's what they code yeah. it as, is like um, some sort of camouflage. And a type of, it's either typhus or, I think, meningitis. Then we get a, a freeze frame hug of the family yeah. to close this movie out, which made me think of Thelma and Louise. It just should have faded to white. That would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, just hold each other's hands. And, yeah. But there was one other thing that I thought was kind of creative, I guess, in how they're fighting the zombies. They're using um, attack dogs. Because oh, zombies yeah. don't go after dogs. They only go after people. So yeah. that's, that's pretty clever so there were some cool ideas it cuts the credits and we yeah. get some uh, some nice dubstep i really needed that it makes me think of back in the day at the end of horror movies and like the early 2000s it was always like a... i don't even <laughs> care yeah it was like a new metal song <laughs> yeah or like um yeah yeah fucking freddy versus jason <laughs> yeah. it was great had all that kind of shit yeah so that's pretty corny that was fucking world war z all right <sighs> Ha <laughs>
I just need a minute. All right, so that was World War Z. Now let's see what the real critics have to say about this movie. The enduring image from the advertising is an aerial shot of a tsunami of bodies urgently piling up high against a concrete barrier until it's breached. But like everything else in this lousy, ugly-looking, intensely illogical movie, that moment conveys none of the visceral thrill you need from a zombie thriller. None of the claustrophobia. It doesn't even look real. I don't mean it doesn't look possible. I mean it looks fake. Like we've been given a hard drive of unfinished video game scenarios. Mm. Most of the film, which is available in 3D, looks computerized and like you're watching through a glass ashtray. Wesley <laughs> Morris, Grantland. Wow. Surprisingly entertaining, even fitfully exciting, World War Z is primarily an exercise in expectation management. Forget those trailers suggesting a rock'em sock'em, blow it all up extravaganza, or a grand guignol? I don't know that word. Of cannibalistic grotesquerie by way of those titular Zs, i.e. face-eating zombies. Instead, be prepared for a relatively grown-up, modestly intelligent, and refreshingly unbombastic thriller that owes as much to the medical TikToks, such as Outbreak and Contagion, as it does to 28 Days Later and the seminal works of George Romero. And Hornaday, The Washington Post. World War Z began promisingly enough with a sudden zombie outbreak in Philadelphia that had me hoping my dream might finally come true. At last, would I see the cast of Silver Linings Playbook torn into pieces and devoured? <laughs> Alas, nothing that interesting, or interesting at all, ever happens. Mm. Kyle Smith, the New York Post. Yikes. So, yeah. Uh, (laughs) What would you rate World War Z? Going into this movie, I really wanted to give it to the benefit of the doubt. Like, maybe it would give something a little more interesting. And it did give little nuggets of interesting things that they tried. Little things here and there that were interesting. I don't know, dude. It's boring. And there's not a lot going on. And it it is just kind of watching somebody play a video game the whole time, which is probably the most boring thing I can think of. It starts out, there's like, oh, fucking zombies in Philly. You gotta fight them off. Get out of there. Get an RV. Go to the fucking pharmacy. Get yourself some medication. Fight off some more zombies. You go to the UN station, you have a cutscene, then you go to like South Korea, you have the South Korean stage, and then you have the Israel stage. I don't know. I don't know what I could say about it, I guess. It's just empty. I'd give it like a... Ah, I don't want to give it a one. So it seems really hard. I'll give it a two, I guess. There's not a lot there, but what is there is pretty cool. But it really just makes me want to play or watch another zombie game or movie. It's boring. And that's the cardinal sin for any movie movie is just it is boring two out of five yeah that sounds fair i was kind of of two minds on how to rate this because i watched it twice and they were pretty different experiences in a way the first time i watched this yeah i didn't take notes i just kind of took the movie in and i remember what one of the other reviews said i had thought the same thing that was the feeling of watching this movie is almost relaxing or soothing <laughs> and it really shouldn't be it should be anything but and that first time i really didn't mind it i was almost thinking about a three out of five. Then I watched it again like four days later with Keith. Took notes. I mean, that's not a lot of time, but this movie has no rewatch value, which is a bad sign. I mean, a lot of a lot of my favorite movies, I like them almost more and more every time I watch them. Something like Big Lebowski or, or Blue Velvet. I mean, those are great movies. I mean, it's not a fair comparison, but those movies <laughs> just get better. And this movie didn't. It was a real chore to watch it that second time. There's a lot of problems with this movie. The biggest 
one is the acting. The acting just wasn't there. Just most of the cast did not even try. They phoned it in. It's fucking just a pin me, pay me kind of a thing. <laughs> I can't let them slide on that. There are plot holes. There were things that didn't make sense. I guess I'll give this a two. It's like almost a two and a half, but not quite. I guess I'll give it a two. I think if we had a performance out of Brad Pitt, it would have been a much more exciting movie. Yeah, if he had really tried. And this yeah. this movie was his baby. And like yeah. it's weird that when push came to shove, he didn't show up for it. Nope. When he finally got to make it. It's like he didn't care anymore. It's a shame, especially considering the source material that it comes from. It's yeah. way more interesting. And you know, if you want something, if, you, if anybody out there has read the book and enjoys it or is looking to read the book, I recommend it. If you don't like reading, there is an audiobook that I recommend. It's fully voiced by a cast, plays like a radio drama. I recommend that over this movie. That's like one of the most lauded and applauded audiobooks that I know of. I mean, people love that thing. That's one good thing, I guess you could say, my experience with this movie was there are enough kind of interesting things, mostly sort of in the background, that it made me more interested than I already was in checking it out. And I probably will do that, but it doesn't make the movie good. And then Keith will sock puppet him in somewhere. We'll try to figure that out. But in the meantime, Next week, or whenever, we'll be reviewing 1999's Wild Zero. One, two, three, four! <laughs> bam, bam, bam. <laughs> I can't get now! Banana! Satisfaction! <laughs> And it is, by the way, it's another zombie movie, but I think why we want to do it is we can't think of two zombie movies that are more different. This movie is Rock and Roll Jet Movie. This is a Rock and Roll Jet Movie. Comes with a drinking game. It's It's a special feature on the DVD. Name one other movie that comes with a drinking game built in. Can't do it. Can't do it. I think that one's going to be a ton of fun, and -hmm. we're going to do something a little different with it. Uh, We're going to do like a standard episode for it, but we're going to do maybe like kind of a a B-side. We'll see. We're not going to, you know. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to spoil it. you got to yeah. listen. you got to find out. <laughs> you got to hold your horses, folks. So we also have some news, which you probably already know. We are now out there online in a few different capacities. You can listen to all of our episodes on SoundCloud, which is maybe what you're doing right now. But I'm going to tell you again anyway. We're on <laughs> SoundCloud.com slash Dudes. We are on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com slash Dudes. We're on Twitter at MondoCoolMovies, and you can email us at mondocoolmovies at gmail.com. Yeah, write in with their thoughts on World War Z or any other thoughts Anything. on zombie movies. Or any of the movies we've reviewed. Yeah. Like, or we just want to chat. Yeah, we just want to hang out. But what did you think about this? Yeah, like that can be question of the week. What are your favorite and least favorite zombie movies? Nah, that'd be cool. And why? If you like what you heard, subscribe to us on SoundCloud. Like and share the episodes if you please. Like us on Facebook. Invite your friends to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. You know, it really does help out the show. Any of that stuff, any of that support, we really appreciate it. And make sure to definitely like Facebook and get into Joel's good graces. Yeah, Joel will love you forever. <laughs> so episode one, if you're so inclined, the Boy From Hell episode is also on YouTube if you want to check it out there. If you search for Amanda Cool Movie Dudes, it will come up. That's the only one that's on YouTube right now. It'll probably stay that way, but it's on yeah. our other YouTube page called... Dank in the Bank Productions. Yeah. Which... I guess will be a channel that we use like, for film, 
I guess. If we ever do, if we ever do like that. video projects, yeah. that's where they'll go. So subscribe to that too while you're at it. Why not? If you, if you want to, yeah, you can write into the Dank and Bank Productions. That has an email address as well. Yeah, Dank and the Bank uh, Productions at gmail.com. There's really no content other than that first episode. For now, you know, check it out. Keep an eye on it. Yeah, there might be some content visiting that site page or whatever the fuck. Whatever the shit it is. So <laughs> anybody, any guys who do any of those things, really appreciate it. It really is helping the show, helping spread the word. So yeah, I guess until next time, tune in for Wild Zero. Yeah. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks guys. Everyone. <laughs> 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 <laughs>